Good evening, fellow Akadama, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. You know, all the swindlers, all the brawlers. Not so much the cutthroats. You guys are fucked up. Uh, not so much the doxers. Don't call me anymore. You're also fucked up. Uh, you know. Well, this is Akadama Drive, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. We are on episodes 7 through 9, and, you know... The, the board has shifted again. The chess pieces have been, re, you know, moved. Some some of them have been flipped over entirely. Uh, it's a bit, bit crazy. Been, you know, although then again, episode nine is called The Shining, so I wasn't exactly expecting it to be a stroll in the park. You know, The Shining... Well, actually, you know, I suppose you could technically... I was going to jokingly say The Shining, uh, the episode, was, you know, no one's going to describe it as a romantic comedy, but depending <laughs> on how you look at it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, all rambling aside, I am Shaden, also known as the Drunkard, and joining me, of course, is my fellow Akadama in and out of crime. Uh, it's not doing the time. Uh, it is, of course, uh, the Negotiator, aka the Soul Doctor. It's me, the rarest tomato. Here, <laughs> uh, having a good Friday. Hope everyone else is as uh, healthy and as well as they can be. Um, I did not realize until earlier when I was checking the YouTube and copying over certain tags and metadata to this current video that we're doing that I'm wearing Mm -hmm. the same shirt that I wore (laughs) the last Akudama stream, which I try not to do as a rule, but uh, it wasn't happening this week. Uh, Fashion faux pas. The thing is, Doc, you're the negotiator. So what I need to point out is that what's happened here, or what I imagine has happened, is your wife has said to you, that's the same shirt you wore on the same day last week, and you went through what might have been a potentially long and complicated discussion with her in order to make her be okay with, you know, you wearing that shirt, and you ultimately won out. Mm. You are the negotiator, after all. And hey, sometimes maybe you have to negotiate with yourself, and you think, I want to keep it consistent. I, you know, I want to, you know, keep presenting myself exact same way stream on stream, which is also why your hair has changed color. But never exactly. mind. Then again, changing, changing hairstyles, changing hairstyles is not unusual for Akadama, as we, as we find out in these episodes. Everything meshes together. Man, if I had to negotiate for my, the, the, my general dress, I would just be a sad, that would be a sad, uh, that would be a sad fact. Um, also, I want to offer a dissenting opinion. The doctor can still call me. Thank you very much. Uh, well, you you I mean, you can hop off the the horn train uh, if you <laughs> if you so desire. But no, me still still on it. Still, in fact, yeah. I've taken your seat. You you had a closer seat, but now that you jumped up, I'm like no, and so I've taken yeah. your seat near the front. Well, she well to be fair, she was sitting on the hood limb for a bit, man. Sorry. I mean, Fucking I mean. To be fair, one. we basic, we we basically learn in these episodes that if you want to boil down what she wants to do, uh, she wants to always remain on top, and she certainly proved that to him. She wants to. She wants to. <laughs> she wants to top God. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. Oh God. <laughs> basically. Yep. Pr- pretty much. Yes. In in every I'm, sense. I'm of all the about it. Um, Go for it. <laughs> Live your best life. Go off queen, as they say. Uh, Christ. I mean, she's only probably been around for, what, like 300 years at this point. She might as well. <laughs> yeah, who knows Who knows how old she is, right? I mean, I was kind of curious. Like, uh, well, Hoodlum smartly yeah. did not offer an answer, but I wanted to know. Yeah, he's still alive somehow, <laughs> uh, inexplicably. I know. Yes. The beneficiary of, uh, yeah. you know, her, uh, of, of Doctor being a human. 
I'm surprised he literally didn't wake up with his, uh, how should we say, his uh, under the hood limb, uh, you know, caught between one of his fingers with one of those Chinese finger traps, just because she would have probably quite enjoyed him suffering from that. But anyway, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, right. He he had he. So she's. This goes to show you, she's not just some trope. She's not some walking stereotype of a of a a mad lady like. He woke up and he was not gagged. He didn't have any chains or like straps tied to him. No one was in leather. They just did the thing. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover, Shadon. You might think so, but yeah. you truly can't. Well, you know, there's still time. There's still time. Uh, She's anyway, a freak in the streets, uh, but in the sheets, it's, you know, yeah. more conventional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I probably should explain to everyone that we're getting this discussion out of the way early so we can try and avoid it later, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, when you just watched episode 9 and you're like, wait, I mean, I know she literally stepped on him, like, last time. I know there are probably plenty of fans of the show who want her to step on them as well. But I did think it would go from that to, uh, you know, Hudlum waking up and he's like, it's all there. <laughs> My god, it's all still there! How is this possible? <laughs> I am whole. There are no sutras yeah. in me. Anyway, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she just literally just said, "Oh, this is yours, by the way. You dropped oh, this," and it just turns out to be his kidney. <laughs> what? Just one of his kidneys. And he's just like, "What the?" F-? Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, that's, joking fan that's fiction, headcanon aside. That's what's in the little baggie. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. So, joking fan fiction aside, we're here today to discuss uh, episode seven through nine of Academic Drive. This is our stream of thought series, which is free to all. Everyone can enjoy it. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. You know, we proposition ourselves as a bad podcast, but that can sometimes be good. And, you know, maybe we just sometimes can be playing good as well. So uh, that's my hope. But we're going to go through, of course, Can't talking points. We're going to talk about creatives. We're going to give a very brief synopsis of the plot of these uh, three episodes, uh, which I think this time is going to be your responsibility, Doc. Oh, God. You get the two-minute challenge. God. Better be ready for this. I was not preparing for this. Do you, do you want me to do no, it? No, 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 no. I got so, it. I got it. I got it. Let's follow the rules. You you, you got it. Okay, fair enough then. Um, and we also have patron questions, which we'll be answering in due course as well. So uh, we might as well get underway. And I'm going to therefore go straight to, before we do the creatives and the patron questions, Doc, I'm going to give you your two-minute challenge. Put two minutes on so, the board. Bing! Yep, I will, I will do so. So, um, what is the two-minute challenge? Basically, Doc has to explain the plot of these episodes in two minutes or less. Uh, It's as simple as that, really. Um, And as long as he covers all the basic points, that's fine. Anyway, Doc, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm I'm limbered up. I'm loose. I'm ready. Through the the power of the Windows 10 alarm clock, we will begin (laughs) in three, two, one, go! Okay, so... um... Brawler is dead, and Hoodlum is not happy about it, but Brother does not care. They're here. They're where they're going to go. Where are they going to go? Space. More specifically, the moon. Uh, And then it's time for story time. It's time for Little Brother to tell you what's up. He was an experiment. He was 2,502 at a giant clone gene pool. Uh, he and his sister were both that, and, and the, the deal was someone called the Headmaster was trying to create immortality, and now they've done it. So he and his sister are immortal, um, and they're running from these people because the professor, a an AI with compassion, allowed them to escape. And so now they're going to go to the moon, but oh wait, the executioners are here, and the moon is an illusion! So 
fuck all of you. And then Doctor says, fuck all of you. I will betray you for money and glory. And then turns them all over to the executioners. But no, they escape. Um, God damn it. They, they get out of there. Um, it's sister and swindler. Uh, and brother gets gets caught, but not before dropping his baggie into the hands of Courier. Uh, episode eight, um, their sister and 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 uh, Swindler in the rocket, it crashes, but they make their way across the rest of the waste uh, to Kansai again. At some point, they go into a garbage treatment plant. Uh, Swindler pops her cherry as a murderer. Um, and also, Courier shows up and saves them. How am I doing on time? Uh, you are five seconds remaining. Oh, no. And then episode seven happens. Uh, float, pharma. There's a rare tomato. Ding, 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 ding. It's over. It's over. It's over. Game over. No. Game over, man. It was a valiant effort. It was a valiant effort, but unfortunately, you did not quite make it through the entirety of episode seven. Oh, no. I, I got go to nine. No, it- I got through seven. Uh, so, sorry, sorry, yes, you're yeah. right. You got, didn't quite make through sit through all the way through it. But you could have probably summed up episode nine with uh, Quiz Cut Audio, Quiz Cut Odiet, who executes the executioners. Because Cutthroat's uh, got a cutthroat. He's going he's gonna to stabby stabby. Did you do That's the, like, <laughs> here's Cutthroat when he smashes head through no. the... Because it's oh, the shining. Oh, do it! Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I was waiting. I, I really wanted there to be, like, an air horn that played for the first person that made a shining quote. Uh, I was deliberately trying to restrain myself from doing that. I went to see how long I could go, and I was like, who's going who's to fall first? It's like if you've ever watched QI and someone says the obviously wrong answer and the alarm just goes off. Uh, it's just like this little thing like in the background which gives the text of what was said. Um, like, for example, on QI, you'd have things like, what happened to Walt Disney? And someone will say, cryogenically frozen, and then the alarm goes off, and it says cryogenically frozen in the background. <laughs> so... I did. I will, however, confer on you bonus points for the phrase of Doctor saying, "I'll f- fuck you all," because <clears throat> yeah, that's what happened. I, I I didn't get to mention that uh, the 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 twins have five thousand five hundred fifty five siblings. Um, mm. I didn't get to mention that. Um, a courier is weird um, because he's very weird because, like, why did he end up taking... It's it's like he was walking and he hit the invisible glass that was the plot. It's like, what? Yeah. I can't I can't refuse her. I have to take them. Wait a minute. No, well, you've, no, no, you've said no. the magic phrase. You want somewhere to belong? Well, I wasn't going to do it for billions of yen, but if you want somewhere to belong, hop on me bike, lass. And let's roll. That was no feelings. No, no, no feelings in work. Coria says. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously he's like the one, the, the yeah, biggest he's, heart. He's, he's, he's such a big heart. That's why he. That's why he's pushing everyone away. And he's, well, well, he, he doesn't want to get wasn't close. Wasn't he Mr. Shit or Mr. Shitman? According to little sister. the shit guy. Well, yeah, well, yeah. My sister isn't shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, you're right. Episode nine is just like uh, sort of a th- a, in large part is kind of a thriller where she's running away from Cutthroat. But oh, yeah, God. that's Ugh. the summary, basically. Yeah, that that episode was 
intense, but also ironically hamstrung uh, for reasons that we will discuss later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you probably know exactly why I think it's hamstrung because of the. That's a grim pun. Uh, <laughs> like I know, I know. Uh, I was gonna say like you know cut down, but that was probably also mm-hmm. a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y- yeah, you know. Yeah, it cut itself off at the knees. Cut off yeah, its nose it to could... spite its <clears throat> face. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so then, uh, we've got the summary out of the way, which is basically, uh, we learn that the kids are immortal. That's the key facts that's around which much of the plot is now pivoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if And that also explains, of course, retroactively why uh, the brother of the two, uh, he was able to heal from the grievous wound of Cutthroat, deciding to, you know ignore that there was someone in his way and just go boop poke you know mm-hmm. I, I get i get the feeling that solid objects aren't much of an impediment for cutthroat he just sees them as things that he just has to pass through or merely suggestions you know like <clears throat> but i mean there was of course the amazing riff again we'll have reference to the shine was an amazing riff on the here's johnny moment but why really made me laugh was how swindler kicked the door and it just landed like crashed all around him pushed him back and i really wanted him to spend the rest of the episode walking around the door around his neck you know i that's all i wanted at the end of this episode i'm reminded of an anecdote that my roommate told me my college roommate um so he had a good friend who uh hated the grateful dead hated them so much the music of the grateful dead i have no opinion on the grateful mm-hmm. dead because i have not really listened to them very much don't really have an interest in jam bands but this friend of ours mutual friend of ours somehow i think it's part of a music festival wound up at a grateful dead show um despite hating the band uh and now this was uh shortly after jerry garcia died okay so Oops. he's there and uh he his hatred for the band was so strong that he made a sign to hold up at the show that said, We're grateful he's dead. Oh <laughs> and, and that's how I feel at the end of episode nine about Cutthroat. We're grateful he's I, I, dead. Oh, but it'll turn up to be fine. I mean, like at this point, like the Akadama basically like apart from Brawler, uh, No, he's know, they, totally he dead. He's he's served his purpose. Like I feel like this this episode, uh, like I said, with Brawler, yeah. was the reason that cut that Cutthroat existed, so that they could have their they, they, like they, serial killer, like main character, innocent girl on the run, sort of horror movie thriller tropes, and they did it, and it was mm-hmm. it was good. I enjoyed it, but now he needs to he needs to be no more on my screen. <laughs> they, they need to cut him loose. <laughs> God, sorry. Um. Uh. So interesting point in chat so uh, from Gogo, who says uh, they really did a good job of showing how horrifying never being able to die is. The children are literally torn apart again and again. And yeah, I mean, it's it's rough to watch. They they sort of get like a free pass to be edgy. You know, it's like, ah, oh, child yeah. death well, over and I'm, over. I'm, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring that scene up later in context of these episodes and how they approach the, you know, every alt-right's favorite word that they have no understanding of what it actually means. Censorship! Oh, oh right. Yeah, the, the made-for-TV gore-fest. Yeah. It's um, not something that, you know, anime fans are probably unfamiliar with. Um, I am glad that I'm watching the TV broadcast. I mean, I don't mind a bit of gore, but, like, I don't know. I'm I myself am just as happy to have a blurry white line where 
doctor is otherwise, you know, pulling the scalpel through the throat of of an old man. I'm good with that. I'm it. It takes t- nothing away from my enjoyment of the show. No, that's that's fair. We'll come to that later, of course. We'll save that because firstly, we have to go through creatives and also go through our patron questions. So you might think to yourself, "What's Patreon?" And I'm going to say, you know, it allows you to give us money. Uh, why do you want to give us money? Because you should. No, kidding. Of course, there are better reasons for that. Uh, if you go onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rory Show, we have three tiers. We have the $2 one, we have the $3 one, or we have the, you know, $5 KFC bucket meal dollar, uh, you know, one. Uh, that's not what the series is called, by the way. Uh, but these <laughs> give you increasing privileges with each of them. First of which is Universal Swallowdom. You get access to our Discord and our wonderful community. You get to join us, shoot the breeze with us. We get to do things like group watches, uh, game nights, that kind of stuff. All sorts of great stuff there. Um, and being part of Discord means you can ask us questions about the shows we cover. If you subscribe to the $2 tier, you get to ask us questions about the Stream of Thought series we're covering, which in this case is Academic Drive. Uh, $3 tier gets you access to our second stream podcast, asking questions for those. $5 tier gets you the full package, uh, Desho the Third series, the third podcast thing we do. I can ask questions about that as well. So play your benefits check out. Definitely go take a look. Uh, we will, of course, soon be going through the questions from our patrons about this particular set of episodes. In the meantime, uh, Herr Doctor, uh, I'm going to pass it over to you to go through the creatives. Well, we've already, this will be brief because we've already talked about them all. <laughs> like, la- Yay! last time we did this, I didn't. <laughs> no revolving door on this I know. one. <laughs> last time we did this, I didn't have the data, but um, pretty much everybody looks like we've already talked about them in uh, on the first episode. And if not, uh, I'll be sure to in uh in our in our final Akudama pod, uh, whenever that will be, um, I'll have all the info in front of me, and we can talk at greater length about anybody that we might have missed. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Then, uh, in that case, we might as well get underway with our patron questions. Um, so, um, I'm going to go through these now. Uh, first batch of questions comes from uh, Kate Rose. Um, First one is, was the Doxer's persistent questioning of Swindler a cover for her own alliance? Now, isn't that a thing? Because I think we should firstly <laughs> mention, like, you and I were placing bets that, like, I I said Hudlum. I thought Hudlum was going to be, like, the executor, like, right. you know, stooge, shall we say. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was I was confident it was going to be an executor stooge. It just turned out I was completely wrong about who it was. Um, what was your original opinion again, Doc? Who did you think it, the stooge that the stooge was going to be? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I think I might have offered a different answer each week we did it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I did I say maybe hacker? I'm not sure. But like, uh, you, everyone's going to patsy each other. Yeah. You um, you should have um, like if you actually put down money, like then uh, on this, uh, if this were real, a real thing, you could go to your bookie about then you should pester your bookie about getting a payout because Hoodlum did say that he had plans to sell them out. They just, you mm-hmm. know, doctor beat him to the punch. Yes. Uh, because she, she has many things he does not, one of which is a brain. So she... <laughs> that <laughs> Sorry. That doesn't, of course, make what she does right, but it just merely points out that she was much quicker on the draw with adapting to the situation. Um... But yeah, uh, to answer Kate's question here, it could very well have been. Um, yeah. It, I think that's not an unreasonable thing to point out. Um, you know, 
put some heat on someone else, draw attention away. But I think that I'll I'll speak to the efficacy of it as much as I can say like I think that was the case or not. Bear in mind, I made that prediction. Predicting predictions about who's you know like the the, <clears throat> the suspect person, who's the imposter, who's the Among Us villain, that kind of thing right. is all well and fun. It's all good fun. It's all part of the joy of watching a show like this anyway. Mm-hmm. But the fact that uh, we both guessed completely wrong, um, we didn't get the docs at all, I think just speaks to how it actually, the show presents it in such a way that it felt natural that we didn't think that she was the, uh, you know, the actual stooge, mm-hmm. but it turned out she was. So I think that whatever I also say about whether she was doing it deliberately or not, I think that how she was presented works to keep her mm-hmm. concealed. Because there's nothing worse than a who's the stooge fi- you know, thing <laughs> going on where... It turns out there is a stooge, but you figured it out way ahead of time. Or it feels like, like um, that they do a tw- like a Shyamalan esque twist for the sake of it. Where it's like this doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like this, why would this person do it? And then so much shit is retconned or like explained in a way that doesn't feel right or doesn't feel in keeping with the show like this one. Like you said, it wasn't like you could spot it a mile away, but nor was it like something that didn't make any sense yep uh the re- doctor's reasoning for doing it actually as it turns out uh it's actually quite a good backstory in my opinion uh, mm-hmm. and it ties in with the origin of the children as well and also makes perfect sense for what she's been doing like we've joked before like how she just stitches herself back up and all right. that but there's more there's more meat to that now that we see oh. why she's like oh 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 more meat <laughs> that's that's not what I, that's not what I meant, but well, you know, I get the feeling I get the feeling that's what Hudlums said a lot that night, you know, probably. Jesus Christ, I I feel like someone's going to write a fanfic one day that's just going to be incredibly uh like not safe for work, and it's just going to go into exhaustive detail of what she did to him, even though he woke up and was just like. Wait, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, t- t- oh my god, ten digits, just check your toes, just let me check your toes. Uh, <clears throat> um, but yeah, like her backstory uh, of why she's doing it, like it's not massively personal in nature. We don't say, say, for example, have the moment where she says, oh, my parents died young and I wanted to defeat death. No, it's more of a just, it's a reason, it's a reason for herself as a scientist and that's fine for this show. I think that works really well, but it gels together nicely with everything else. So we're going to discuss that later because I want to bring that up in relation to what happens with the kids, of course. Uh, so yeah, that works really well. What's your thought on that, Doc? Do you think that she, she similarly, you know, fooled us all? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was. Well, uh, I, I guess Kate is saying that not not only did uh, she fool us all, and not only did it make sense, but like, kind of retroactively looking back. Uh, it was sort of uh, foreshadowed in a way. You could you could look at Doctor's actions and say, me, me thinks uh, that she does protest too much. Uh, she is the one always calling out other people for, uh, you know, oh, you, you're, you're the traitor. You must be wanting to sell us out or stab us in the back. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, mm, why do you keep thinking I'm cheating? Because you're cheating. <laughs> that, kind of, oh, no. that kind of bullshit. Every- it's it's like a Mexican standoff, but everyone's just pointing fingers at each other rather than guns. Yeah, and and um, <laughs> right, right. So so I think that's an astute point by by Kate. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question is also from Kate and goes: Were you surprised by the backstory of the two siblings? 
Depends on what you mean by surprised. Um, I, I had mean, no like, expectations. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, yeah. whoa, this is like different than I thought. It was. I was very much all right. Fuck me up, fam. I'm strapped in. I'm ready to hear this mm-hmm. unbelievably like ridiculous backstory. <laughs> yeah, um, I've had some thoughts about the backstory, but the first thing I will note is that I think that it. I think that firstly it works. Um, for one. Um, it's because it again just goes to highlight the abject cruelty of the society that they live in, uh, which, you know, I mean, I'm going to be talking later about how, you know, the whole thing backfires in episode nine, like, you know, the Akudama attacking the Shinkansen, this holy train. It's just a train. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. But how that backfires really badly mm-hmm. and how it illustrates that the tools of like, you know, uh, right-wing populist politics and dystopian, fic- like dystopian uh, societies could very easily crumble on themselves because of a fuck-up like that. Mm. Um, but also, um, something other thing to note is that I think that the backstory of the children plays in part on a... Unfortunately, uh, well, it's something that's happening in real life at the moment, which is that, you know, where are these kids coming from? How are they made and all that? Like, why are they being taken away by government? Why is nothing changing? It sounds sketchily familiar to some stuff that I'm not comfortable with uh, because, you know... Uh, what do you mean? But um, I think I, I thought well, they're just well, all like test tube kids. Like the, oh, test tube. Okay, fair enough. That probably makes more sense because they actually did look a lot yeah, like. I thought they're all just honest. clones of someone. Ah, uh, that's fine. Well, ignore ignore what I just said then. Ignore but that. I mean, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's fair enough to think that 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 imagery made you think of of that. I mean, it was a bunch of kids packed in a very small space, too small for them all to live. And yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I and I think it was meant to be unsettling in a lot of different ways. And it's fair yeah. enough that you thought of that. What happened, what's happening to Brother in particular, I think, is very effectively handled. In such a way that it also kind of undercuts the idea of the censorship in the later parts of the show. Mm. But again, I'll get to that when we get to it. Um, so I suppose to answer the question, like, by, by surprise, I mean, like, what the fuck? Where'd this come from? No, I think it fits in perfectly. It's got... Um, wider relevance to society continues to gel the idea that you know this world that we live in uh, this government is like it, you could make the argument to this point that yeah it's a cyberpunk world but the only people like who are really bad in it are the Akadama like you know and then got the cops and all that kind of stuff but I think that you know sometimes you need to show like quite conclusively that the bad guys are the bad guys rather than just taking it as a given um, but also we get to see how um, it affects uh, the sister particularly because Note how she is when we first meet her versus how she is in episode nine when she's eating with Swindler. Like, she's got much more of a personality mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, which ties into, you know, the whole idea of, hey, being immortal is not all it's cracked up to be because it just leaves you, you know, it sands away your personality over time. Um, which is another kind of cruelty that they've inflicted on. They just not let them be children in that way. Yeah. Um... Well, again, I th- yeah, that's it, true. It's true. Um, I forget the point I was going to make. I don't know. It's probably irrelevant. I should probably just say, look at the red, cute, puffy vest that they gave her in episode nine. That was adorable. Oh, don't, don't, don't say, don't say, look at the red when it comes to the <laughs> aka, uh, aka, aka, etc. Yeah, I, I, I've just thought to myself like he was going to sneeze at some point, like he was leading up to that. I can chew! Oh, God. Like that. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Um, what do you think of Swindler after episode eight? So, 
This episode is the one where Swindler flat out kills two people. Um, Fucking jabs a... An, uh, a uh, the lid, the, the lid, the lid of, a, of, a of a can into a man's eyeball, such that he dies, <laughs> presumably. Yeah, and then and then shoots another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would have shot the third, but she just ran out of bullets. But the 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 man who uh, who was stabbed thusly. Uh, by the way, pardon me for the uh, graphic description there, but um, uh, I will say that uh, I think she should have shot him again because he's a child predator and <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> So, fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, they're in a situation where they need to defend themselves, and you can argue about the graphic nature of the violence. Um, This is one of those things where, you know, we can argue about, hey, could could this have happened any other way? And the answer is always going to be yes, because you can write it wherever way you want. But as presented... While I think that the violence against those guys, particularly the guy who got the, uh, you know, the Campbell soup lid to his eyeball, uh, you know, was quite intense. Um, yeah. She was defend- She was defending herself and, you know, her friend, her, her, you know, from these child predators. Uh, and so for that, I feel no sympathy for them. And while I do think it caused her to cross a boundary that she may not be able to come back from, especially as we see in episode nine, where she says, hey, I could get used to this. And is arguably also responsible for the deaths of many people, I mean- which we'll discuss. <laughs> We'll discuss that. We will I talk know, about I that. Know, I know. Um, we, we we will talk about that soon. Like, as far as I'm concerned, in that particular moment, uh, I I can't blame her for doing it. I'd have probably done the same. Maybe not the exact same actions. I think that particular thing was just, I need to defend myself. So I'm... Like that. Yeah. And then looking so two, two comments to make on this question. Um, uh, Two-part answer, I guess. Um, one is that... I think that this scene that we're speaking about when she dispatched uh, those three um, with ultimately in the end, the help of Courier because he showed up and that's, I think uh, where the show begins to kind of lay the seeds of not its own destruction. That's hyperbolic, but like lay the seeds of like, lessening the effectiveness of its really intense moments because by the end of episode nine we've seen a number and that's not even including like the the previous uh couple of episodes which i'm probably failing to remember this happened in in those but like um it's beginning to get a little predictable i guess that like you know um Swindler will find herself in jeopardy and struggle and struggle and get cornered to the point where she is absolutely done and then someone will come and save her. And so that just sort of by the end of episode nine, which, I mean, is really, it it, it was effective in a lot of ways, but I felt it could have been even more effective if I hadn't seen her kind of barely squeak by because other people showed up or because something else like that happened. Granted, no one came to save the day with Cutthroat. Um, but still, I feel like, I don't know, the, the the Swindler as a kind of fragile character, as a character who is at risk, um, that, that notion of being at risk is sort of ebbing away. 
And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, no matter what kind of corner she gets put into, she's definitely going to get out of it. And I, I mean, I guess like, you know, that's could be the point. Well, I guess it's, it's fair play to say like, that was always going to be the case in a show like this. I mean, you can't kill the main character like that. And that's just the nature of these things. But, but still it it just makes the scenes less interesting over time to me. Um, Mm -hmm. the other, um, Go ahead, because I was gonna. Well, uh, I was gonna say though, like when you said, like you can't kill the main character. So, like, I wish someone had told Cutthroat that, because boy, was he trying. <laughs> right? Yeah, he didn't get the memo. Yeah, um, he, he was. He was really giving it a good go. He was. It's A for effort, Cutthroat. Aka for effort. Um, <laughs> so the other point is, um, I think specifically, Kate might be asking, in terms of what did you think of Swindler? What do we think of her? Um, how do I phrase this? What do we think about this thing that I kept bringing up the last two times is that her naivete is all an act that she is, um, Ah. that she is, uh, ultimately, you know, a criminal mastermind or she really is the swindler, this career criminal or whatever. And that the innocent girl is just a front. I think, I think I would. I, I think I'm willing to take the L on that one at this point. I think after she used her seal to buy, <laughs> to try to buy Takoyaki as a wanted criminal, I'm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see how that could be part of a master plan. Maybe I'm just. You well, know, maybe it's a me. But 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 that felt like okay. She really is a babe in the woods here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you, you know what's funny when you bring it up like that was going to be part of my big one of my bigger talking points. But I might as well bring it up now because it's relevant. Um. Basically, let's think about it this way, right? With what's happened with the two kids mm-hmm. um, and with the way everyone else treats every other person in this show, like this, this like, uh, Curry's, like, no feelings in work. We see how Doctor treats Hudlin by stepping on him, literally. Uh, the purest thing that we see in the show, really, is the relationship between Hudlin and Brawler, and that's then taken away, you right. know? There's a genuine friendship between those two. Mm-hmm. Although some people could still argue that maybe he was trying to, like, you know push him in for harm's way so he like you know use him as a meat shield but i think there was a, gen- a bit of genuineness yeah. to that, especially when we see the reaction afterwards a bit of both and star for example at ep- star for example episode seven when we see him like you know uh attack the yeah. brother because of what he said so i think there's some genuineness there but like there's always very little genuine human connection in the world of akadava tribe mm-hmm. and so Here's the reason why Swindler's the main character and why this question of is she really swindling or is it just all coincidence and happenstance is really important because it's going to determine how we're going to feel about the show at the end. Yep. Yeah, it would because it would cut us. I would feel cut off. I agree. Like it would cut off a emotional access point if the whole time she was swindling us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not even that. Think about how she treats the children. Mm Like, she's the first person who's given them genuine, like, affection and care. Like, by the end of episode nine, uh, or even by the start of episode nine, uh, the sister is a lot more of a regular child, I would argue. Like, she, you know, she's emoting. She's not just there like a porcelain doll saying, like, pre-recorded lines. I'm so She's actually, like, having... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Hi, um... The sister of the immortal brother. How are you like? No, she's she's talking like my sister isn't shit. Exactly. <laughs> like that, yeah. for example. Yeah. So that's good. So with that, so like you know, where these children have been denied any genuine human connection, they get it from this person. If that then all turned out to be part of this grand master plan, we theorize it may or may not be. 
Um, then there's artistic merits to the idea because ultimately you then you know there's it depends on whether or not you like these works, but it would ultimately make Akadama Drive very cynical that even then in the end, uh, also Doc's taking his anime pills mm-hmm. here. He's got here. <laughs> Sorry, got a bit of a sinus headache, but I'm I can hear you. I'm with you. Oh, I I, I thought I was just gonna wait for you to come back and say like, is that is that so you can like you know uh, go to the next level with this discussion? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I can nice, properly nice. power up now that I've senzu bean. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I'm drinking strong beer. You're having um, you know, what you call a senzu bean. So I think at this point, I just literally need to whip out like some amyl nitrate. But anyway, I mean, this drugs in this ep- these episodes. Yeah. So what whatever was in the bag yeah. that uh, that swindler was about to. Oregano. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, this is the purest that, shit. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a spaced reference, by the it way. Would, listen, the, the, like, the, the knowledge gaps uh, of the characters in this show, like, something like that wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Because, like, it, they live in this future world or whatever, but um, fucking there's, like, space. You mean the one above the sky? Like, there's just some things yeah. that, like, they don't, like, you know, these elementary things that the characters don't know. So if it was, like, yeah. I, they were taking oregano, like, it was a drug. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, like, by the way, just a small tangent, like, that the, the head executive lady turning off the illusion around the moon, like, no one else noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> Moon's a big fucking thing. Like, I'd be, I'd, you know, just imagine me there, like, I look out the window and I see the full moon. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm just going to go and, like, you know, and I look out again. It's just suddenly, like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's no. not the point. That's, that, yeah, that <laughs> should have been on the news. <laughs> yeah. It was just a disco um, ball. <laughs> now it's we see. It's like, I was... Everyone, go ahead. Everyone collectively agrees that they were just blink. They just blinked. <laughs> and it was just like a trick of the mind. I know. We all just not agree those. not to talk about it. Like they're definitely yeah. the news. Um, definitely always been this way, and except yeah. on like they the you know the fucking uh, Infowars shitty like AM radio people are just like you know the moon used to be whole. We know it. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> they're turning the moon gay. <laughs> Look what they're doing. Oh to Jesus it. Christ! Oh yeah, they're telling they're telling me the moon's wet. I had never experienced anything this wet in my entire life. Not even my wife. Hey. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway uh, so we have, of course, the fact that she is she Swindler genuinely cares about the children, as far as we can see. And the question is, if that's true, that's great. Like there can still be. You know, even in as awful a society as this is, that willingly labels people as criminals for no good, like, well, some of them for no good reason. Mm. Um, that otherwise, like, tricks its populace into believing this train of all fucking things is this mythological place. Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, that's still a good thing. Like, it goes to show that there can still be optimism and hope found in such a place. But then the alternative is, oh, if she was always, like, a secret master genius who was, like, planning this all along, it makes the work very cynical. It Mm. makes the work um, that, you know, a bit nihilistic even, I would say, that they, in the end, will be betrayed as well for whatever reason she's doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't automatically invalidate Academic Drive, but I think you're going to have to be very careful about how you respond to it if that happens, because... On some level, we, me, me and you, Dot, like we've been saying since we've started watching this show, uh, she's swindler be swindling. She's got the master plan. Is she really just this, you know, girl got swept up into it by complete accident? 
But I think that some people would feel very betrayed by that. Um, it's going to be very your mileage may vary thing. I'd be curious to see how it pans out. But the stakes of her being a, a you know this master planner are now much more than just for talking points. Like is she or isn't she? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds fun. Like now it actually has a thematic course. Yeah. Don't. I mean, I'm saying I'm willing to take the L because it looks less and less likely. Don't count. It's not as it's not a. It's still a non-zero possibility. Uh, that, that it does happen at the end and the show is just like fuck you all you know so yeah. um, she's still incisive murder though so that's kind of a problem whoops right um, we'll get we'll yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> not not so uh, not so innocent anymore I, though, you know I mean uh, yeah because that wasn't in self defense but it's hard to it, it feels like she doesn't know what she's doing <laughs> But she really did. Oh, I, oh, uh, oh, oh! I'm, I'm sorry. Did, when I said the murder thing, I wasn't talking about like the self. No, no, no. I'm talking I know, about the post inciting the, the online. Po- it felt yeah. like she didn't know what she was doing, though. But she definitely like threw a match into a powder keg. Whoops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to answer that question, nope. Doc? All right. Uh, as of the end of episode 8 do you think Hacker will make a reappearance before the show ends yes I'm going to say a hard yes on this and I'll tell you why because there's so many times that we've seen Swindler's bag be emptied or fall and that drone of his falls back out again that he gave her so it makes for one it's a visual reminder that he's still a person uh, you know in this show and also as mentioned I think by the doctor of him at least at one Mm -hmm. point Uh, no in fact no sorry it uh, it was the brother um, when they got to the city of lost children, if Hacker was still here, he, he would like it. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh no, no, no. It was, so, it was, so um, we keep. Yeah, no, never. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's mentioned, but go, go on, continue. Yeah, he's he's mentioned. Basically, we get all the remi- the visual cues of the drone, uh, and in turn, the drone also makes perfect sense as a puzzle piece for where how he would know where everyone is. You know. Mm-hmm because he's always watching for it. And furthermore, uh, bear in mind that the board that we see in episode 9 in particular of all the Akadama we've seen thus far, Brawl is dead because he's got that logo over him, the the symbol. Hacker does not. He's still at large. Mm-hmm. So they keep throwing reminders out that he's there. So I have a feeling he will come back. You know, when... Um, I, I agree, by the way. I think she'll end up using his drone against him. Or maybe his drone turns against him. Uh... But I, I think uh, when they uh, when Cutthroat was introduced in episode nine, you know, when they meet him in the Executioner's HQ, and he's on top of that big pile of bodies, mm-hmm. part of me thought that like they had necromanced Brawler back to life. Because how does he make his oh, introduction? No. He's on top of a big pile of robot bodies. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. oh no, it's Brawler again. But then it just, unfortunately for all of us, it turned out to be Cutthroat. Ah, uh, damn it! But yeah, damn it, damn it! Yeah, hackers coming back. I mean, it's it's it it would feel um like a very visible and obvious loose thread if they didn't bring him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with all the visual cues, like he mm-hmm. like constantly showing the drone, for example, that he has given yeah. to Swindler. And then not doing anything with that later to me would be really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You don't like you. You know, it's, it's your setup, your payoff. Uh, sorry, you set up your reminder, your payoff. We've set up. Here's the drone that he's given after he leaves. Here's the reminder. She still has the drone. What do you then do with it? You bring him back. 
He doesn't even necessarily need to turn up, to be fair. He doesn't need to be physically be there. He could be elsewhere, but could use that drone in a moment that Swindler needs him. Although that, unfortunately, would then buy into your problem, which I think is not an unreasonable one of... Someone always comes in last second to save her. Uh, whereas him being around for a more direct involvement would be better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I am of the opinion he is definitely coming back. Put me down as a hard yes on that. Also hard okay. yes. Team hard yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Next question. In fact, uh, we have two of them Ooh. here, and these come from a new patron of ours, uh, the son of Rackham. Uh, I have no idea who Rackham is. Uh, I'm sure someone <laughs> Sh- will elaborate on that. Shouts to your uh, dad, Rackham. <laughs> Rackham Senior. Right. <laughs> hmm. So the question goes something like this. Do you think it's possible Hudlum might end up getting some guts and try to be more like Brawler for real, now that Brawler is gone? Um... Well, the funny thing is, we've got to see him at his lowest point, or one of his lowest points in these episodes, where, okay, yes, he did get to bed the Doctor, good for him, you know. Uh, very lucky for him that he's still got all his extremities. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. Uh, but, but, um, he's still very much like, you know, under her heel in more ways than one. She she's calls him out pretty hard on all of that, you know. She just says that you're an oaf, like you pretend to look like a hard man, but you're really not. You're just nothing. Um, and the thing about Brawler is that beyond him, you know, brawling his way out of everything uh, and being a good punchy man, um, he didn't care what other people thought. He's like, I'm going to do this. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, I don't answer to you. I don't answer to anyone else. I want to brawl because I want to brawl. <laughs> Why the fuck not? I want to brawl. And I'm not saying that... Because I'm, I'm not saying... It's his name! Just you know. something about the word brawl. I don't know. Bake's ba- bake going to bake, man! You know, like, I don't expect a baker to suddenly start, like, you know, doing, I don't know, uh, plumbing or something like that. That's his job title. Is it is his profession and his hobby all in one? I mean, <laughs> you know nominative I mean? determinism at work. Do do you think? Yeah, do you think mom exactly. and dad like when he you know a little baby brawler pops out and just like, yep, that's your name, brawler. It reminds me of that Malcolm in the Middle joke where when Reese is born, he punches um, <laughs> punches Hal in the face. Right, oh, right. Like literally, literally <laughs> as soon as he's out, just like. Dunk. Do you think Do you, do you think Brawler was born with the dreads already? He just came out fully with the dreads as a baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of. Of course, uh, he did. Uh, d- did you ever see the show Family Manners? Do you know of this show? I know okay. of it, but I haven't seen it. Well, there's a... I watched this in syndication a lot as a kid, and uh, there was an episode in which, um, you know, uh, comedic star of the show, uh, Jaleel White playing Steve Urkel, you know, the erstwhile nerd of nerds, uh, they had him pretend to be uh, like a, a gangster, uh, to and they put a wire on him. They were trying to his, you know, because one of the characters in the show is a cop, and they're trying to uh, uh, get a confession out of some someone in the gang. And so Steve Urkel mm-hmm. is pretending to be a gangster. And he's wearing a wire, and he's trying to prove how hard he is. And uh, <laughs> he tells them, "When I was born, the doctor slapped me. I shot him." <laughs> and that's, I can see Brawler similarly. <laughs> Uh, reactive baby brawler. Mm. What 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 do you think Brawler's first word was? Um, was it was it in fact brawl? Uh, I was gonna say punch, punch but that's also kick, a valid answer. Break. Yeah. Nah, yeah, fist. 
<laughs> the sure. noun, the noun, <laughs> damn it. It's not what, just, that's let's not just be what clear I was on thinking, that. But yes, okay. Just, just, just getting out there. Um, so, yeah, I think that what I'm, try, what I'm trying to say is, though, is like, I'm not expecting Hoodland to become like Brawler in the sense that he's going to start punching a lot of people. But I think that he is going to become like Brawler in time and that he's going to stand up for himself somehow. Like, you know, he's going to gain some of that kind of attitude that, live, you know, devil may care, you know, live and die free kind of stuff that Brawl lived by. Because after all, that was what he did. Like, he, you know, he, he didn't even really want the money. He just wanted to fight. And hey, fair play to him for that. Like, at least he knew what he wanted. Whereas Hudlum right now is currently, uh, you know, I don't know the safe word. You know, could, could you tell me again? And then... <laughs> And then the docs, and then the docs will say something like, "Well, you know, I could do, but it's tattooed on your body in many different, like many different places. Like you've got one letter from each of it. So good luck, decipher it. It could be really cruel like that." Uh, what do you think about that, Doc? I'm still thinking about. Bro, I'm stuck on Brawler's first word. <laughs> so you think it was? Uh, what does what does Ken do in Street Fighter? Is it Kakatekina or something like that? Do you think that's him? <laughs> Come and fight uh, me. The, I don't even. God, all I all I know is Shoryuken. Now, what? Uh, one of his first word was Shoryuken. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, he does he does Shoryuken, uh, the executor in one of the previous episodes, so it would fit. It would fit. Yep. It would fit. Not not gonna lie. Dad trying to rock him to um, sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in a bit of a mood. I suppose. That's silly. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> go, go. This is going to be one of those shows. It's always one of those shows. I don't, at this point, I don't know what the other category is of show. <laughs> I guess maybe a very straightforward meat and potatoes podcast. But that's oh, not what God, we're about. It's, it's, like, it's Academic Drive, so that, yeah, we've got the okay. excuse on this Please uh, uh, yeah, re-ask re- the question. What, anything about what? Uh, do you think it's possible Hudlum might end up getting some guts and mm. try to be more like Brawl for real? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's destined to go out in a blaze of glory. Like, mm. kind of tag along into the fray with Doctor, you know, saying, you know, uh, paying lip service to being her, her lackey. And in the end, mm-hmm. he's going to do the right thing for the children. For the children! And uh, throw throw himself in harm's way, or you know, attack the doctor only to be gutted. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I can I can see it happening where he's been gutted by her, and then he manages to somehow catch her off guard and then take it out at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I can see it. And then executioner comes in to to finish the job. You know, because mm-hmm. she don't forget about her. Uh, the show seems to have forgotten about her slightly. Uh, she did not get a lot of airtime in these three episodes, and I'm, I was really looking forward to. Mm. Do you, do you feel like she's flipped the switch a little bit too, too much, too hard? Because I mean, she really was a little bit of a of a puppy dog uh, at the beginning. Um, n- not in terms of like uh, being like uh innocent or afraid to get into it. but like she was just so sort of her personality is totally different and i mean i guess like you know your mentor being killed can can, mm. can do that to you but um it just well, seems she, to been... she kept all of her nice personality in her life oh. <laughs> exactly right yeah. uh yeah. yeah it's all gone yeah, now the, the gas has been cut out of her 
Um, no, it's like, yeah, yeah no, I, it just seems, um, it seems to have happened just, it was just so fast and, uh, so, so totally, um, that that's the thing that doesn't feel quite right to me. I think it's fine because I think it fits perfectly with what we've been told about the executors, uh, so the executioners thus far, which is that they have this, you know, partner fit the relationship, the mentor mentee, the cycle of vengeance, the stuff I discussed earlier, where you know each new generation of executioners is hardened because of the death of, or the maiming or injury of the previous one, which is why, of course, there are the scars on the first mm-hmm. one. The, then she has her scar of the one eye. Also, note that she's got the his side now because the two sides that she has. The handles are different colors, so she's still using his side as well. Uh, and then, right. of course, we get to see the doughy-eyed, you know, I'm going to be a great executioner. Exactly. I'm going to do my job. It's going to be fantastic. It's basically like a Murphy from Robocop on his first yeah, day. Exactly like she was. But doesn't it doesn't that make it feel all the more robotic that there's a pattern that's been laid out and these actual human beings are, like, behaving well, 100% exactly according to according to the pattern um i don't know man the the cruelty is the point like but no it's not about cruelty right it's about like the show and the the, 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 the cruelty of the the writing no i'm saying well of course but i mean like um i i get that you know i i understand um the structure that the the oppressive structure that they're that they're the these cops are a part of but like I just mean the show in terms of character writing. It just feels such a stark change. And just because the show tells you it's going to do something doesn't then mean when it does it, it does it right or does it well or, mm. or, or that it's automatically good. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, just, I, just because they like flagged it as a thing, like it, it still has to, I don't know. It still has to land well, and I don't know if it exactly landed well. That she's just this totally like, no, I'm doing this by myself. I don't need a partner. Mm-hmm. I, I I I do actually agree with you in the sense that I think that a little bit more time would have been nice to see of her. Like, I mean, she gets introduced this partner in the same scene that they talk about, like what they're doing next with collecting the kid. Mm-hmm. But Pami would think that it would be really good to have a separate scene, like the locker room scene, like. This is your new partner. Here you go, and they right. talk, and you get more time to soak. That'd be it in. great. Like you're saying, you, you talk, for example, about the idea of a landing. So let's stretch that metaphor a bit further. I think what the show has done is it's not so much that she hasn't landed this this point hasn't landed, but rather we haven't seen enough of it. Like we need to see the actual landing, if you want to call it that. Yes, we got the scene where she was recovering with the scar and all that, and then we get this. But I think that a yeah. little bit more time devoted to, to building uh-huh. that on a more personal. The scene level. that you talked about would be great. Also, maybe a scene of her getting ready for work, like, and we see her as a cold, emotionless. You know, maybe maybe she has yeah. a new haircut. Maybe like she's got like a picture of of the guy, like her her boss. You or know, whatever, what I'd have done. You know, you know, you know, what? I'd have done. Uh, we have seen first person perspectives in this show. Swindler does them. So, of course, uh, this executioner lady, uh, she has an eye patch now. She's blind in one eye. You know what I would have done uh, to like show how she feels? I, I don't know whether or not I've done this one way or the other, but basically, imagine if you had the scene which was in that room with all the numbers where it's like, oh, yeah, I know you're first evil blood and all that. And she deliberately faces so that the blind eye is 
looking in the direction mm-hmm. of like the head execution lady. So when, but then of course she can see her new apprentice on the other one, and therefore you get the dialogue where um, when the lady execution lady is. From her perspective, we can't see her, but we can hear her. And it goes to show, like, she's out of the picture. She's something she doesn't care about. And maybe might care more about the apprentice because you can see them. Or vice versa. Do things with it. Do more with this character. Yeah. that's Because I, I think you could do some interesting mm-hmm. things with totally. this. Totally. I was really looking forward to to seeing this. And uh, it looks like, you know, I mean, I think the time for it has now passed. I don't think it's, you know, mm. something you could do now. So a, a little bit of a, a little bit yeah. of a disappointing uh, move here or, but you know, it is what it is. Aye. Aye. Uh, right. Uh, next question comes also from Son of Rackham and goes, it feels like we don't know the whole truth about Kanto to me. Do you think it bears any resemblance to what the people of Kanzai are told it is like? Or do you think it could be wildly different? Like perhaps it could be in a worse state than Kanzai in one way or another. Mm. Here's the thing, right? I, whenever I get questions like this, like it, I, I'm invited to speculate on what I think it's like, but I, I always sometimes go off on talking about like what the story could or could not do with it. And I'm again going to offer the devil's avgops here, which is we will never find out. And you run the risk with that um of also you look like you're about to sneeze really badly no 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 i'm not uh please carry on <laughs> you, are, you, are you okay oh yeah man? no i'm good i told i have a a sinus headache and so i'm just kind of like pressing on my uh, sciences to try to bring some relief i'm pulling back the curtain here yeah. onto my my personal life let's I thought I thought perhaps maybe you were holding your psychic powers. Sure. <laughs> I'm I'm focusing like, really you, you, hard you on have, this point. You were you, you, you were having the obligatory psychic nosebleed, mm-hmm. so you were just like trying to hide it because you were. I'm trying, trying to, to do something. I'm powers. trying to bend the clock in your room. Come on, come on. If that falls off now, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I swear. Uh, anyway, so because um, the, the thing is, right? You are, like when I say that, uh, I'm not necessarily advocating for it one way or another. It depends on what you do with it. But the thing that you run into here is, like, I mentioned previously uh, in a very recent podcast, Vexiel, oh, the vexing film, uh, the, Paul Oaken, the, the Paul Oakenfold music video <laughs> that belonged in the early 2000s on MTV. Okay, uh, what is where, what oh, is Paul you know, Oakenfold? Did, did we Google Paul Oakenfold last time you brought this up? He's got some good music. I lo- no, does look, all, I love right. Paul. I like there was a time in my life where I listened to a lot of Paul Oakenfold, but it's just so funny because I've not thought about Paul Oakenfold in a long time. In a really, I imagine Paul. I, I imagine Paul Oakenfold has not thought about Vexil for a very long time either. Man, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, for those who who might not have been here when I mentioned that, basic premise is Japan goes behind the shield. You can't see beyond the shield. Several decades pass. Something calls for people to go inside the shield, and you think to yourself, "Oh, cool. What's Japan going to be like on the other side?" And it's just a desert, and it's right. shit, and I right. hate it. Um, so the the thing is, what the broad idea is, all of this build up to what can um cancel may or may not be like, is a real powder keg for the show because it becomes one of those things where audiences can be very finicky about the reveal. Like the reveal could be very intentionally that it's just regular normal city like imagine that it's just no different than the the one that we're in now you know uh for whatever reason and that could very well be intended by the show but the problem is you build up all the audience expectation by leaving things ambiguous and therefore you've got to deliver on it and 
that can be very very tricky and so my argument is that maybe we should never find out because it can always it it's, keeps in place like the same as is for the people of uh kansai which is it's a mythological wondrous place uh, and that's all we need, we need to know about it. It's not so much what's happening there that's important as how it affects the people in Kansai that is important, you know what I mean? This, I mean, that's what happened with Hacker, after all. This is exactly the answer I would have given, um, is, like, yeah, that it's it's much better to, to leave to leave it to the imagination. Um, if, if the idea really is uh, that it is this wondrous place... Um, because, you know, I think of things like, uh, I don't know, like that just uh, are described with a lot of grandeur and then you show it and you just can't help but be disappointed. Like, um, mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, like um, my mind is cast back to, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring this show up for once. Do you remember the fucking Council of Elders or whatever in Darling in the Franks? Like they're supposed oh, to be like Jesus. gods and there's these like gold shitty looking dudes and it's like really like this like this is like this is it these are the gods or whatever it just look they just look like total shit um and you hate yeah. that uh it would be interesting if like if uh kanto was really just in such a bad way um you know but they're sort of like through propaganda still able to control and exploit kanzai and that 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 seems mm-hmm. very possible, um, and I'm I'm curious. I think the possibility is totally still open for that to to be uh, the case and everything. But Paul Oakenfold, do you remember? Do you remember when Paul Oakenfold had long hair? Because <laughs> no. holy shit, you no, should I... totally look at these pictures of him with long hair. Because like, it's fucking terrible, dude. Like I, I'm all about like look. Express yourself and everything, but Paul Oakenfold's not real. He's a public figure. He's not a real person, so we can make fun of him. Like, long hair is just awful, just terrible. He looks like uh, like a really bad like someone tried to enter a Mark Wahlberg look like contest who doesn't really look a lot like Mark Wahlberg, but only sort of kind of oh does. Maybe God. like his grandmother was like, "You look like Mark Wahlberg," and then just like tried to do it. Um, yeah, he's always like, you know, I'm like 50 years old, but look at my like haircut of the youths. Uh, that, <laughs> how, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. that guy. But he makes yeah. kick-ass music yeah. uh, a lot of the time. So I, I forgive him ultimately well, I, for it. Well, it makes sense if he has a face for radio. Hey, 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 hey. That, <laughs> I, that's rude of me to say, looking how I look, to be fair. But anyway, and one thing I will add, though, that's pertinent to the discussion about what uh, Kanto is and isn't, though, we definitely do need an explanation of why they're doing what they're doing to the kids. Because, like, simply, like, okay, we've spent all this time trying to perfect the perfect immortal being, like someone who cannot die, who, you know recovers from any injury, that kind of thing. And we're going to send it off as a sacrifice. Like, why? Why do that? You've given us enough information that you, of what you've done and what you've... Why, like, what's been involved in doing that? Like, and all the horrific shit that's happened to those children. Like how, you know, 2502, we have that awful, awful repeating scene of him waking up on the laboratory table, uh, which, by the way, looks like a school science... I hate it. I hate <laughs> you it. You know, science like... <laughs> I, I hate that. I'm going to go into that later. The pool of blood is even bigger. But then, 
but also we have all of his, you know, fellow classmates being turned into solid green. I know. That um, very, very Ava, yeah. that shot, will remind yeah. everyone of Evangelion, I feel, but... But look. Well, we had to get it in at some point. Someone, by the way. We've been running dry. Oh, no, go ahead. You, you. We've been running dry. We've been running dry on the I know, references I know. lately. We've been laying the side Someone down. needs to do, like, um, so you've played the beginning of Bloodborne, uh, but but it might not be as near and dear to your heart oh, as it is for me. <laughs> I know where you're going. This, some, oh, someone Jesus needs to Christ. do, like, a, a just a little fan video, uh, like, every, when, when the kid sits up, they need to do like just pipe in that like oh like that bloodborne sound effect uh that happens mm-hmm. when you wake up from your blood transfusion after the werewolf has tried to kill you in your dream or at least approached you and then you just wake up and there's blood everywhere and you've been in on an operating table very much like a uh, brother the poor kid mhm yeah uh, so I think that because of everything that's happened with the children, that because it invokes such a reaction from us, that we do need to have a reason why mm. we're doing it. And, it. and when I say a reason why, it doesn't need to be a reason that we agree with, because, well, for one, there probably wouldn't be one anyway, that I at least the one I can conceive of. Two, um, it doesn't even necessarily be an understandable one, um, but we just need something. We can't just, like... I said, for example, about Swindler turning out to be an actual Swindler, and then that kind of robs the show of an emotional connection that also feels really cynical, given how she treats the children. And this, conversely, would also push it in that direction where we're doing it for the sake of it. We're doing it because why not? Oh, you, you know? mean the, the graphic scenes or whatever? With the kids? Well, not just the graphic scenes, but just also the general idea that, you know, the society is growing these immortal children just for shits and giggles. Oh, no, I mean, I think, okay, so here's my, my rebuttal to that would be, you know how you said the cruelty is the point? Um, I think there's a there's a little bit of that here in that, so whoever it is, you know, faceless, you know, corporate overlords that are running this lab uh, mm-hmm. are clearly trying to discover the secret to immortality, Um and they have created through whatever gene weird magic science. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of <laughs> my favorite part. You've seen Trigun, right? Have Have you seen yes. it English dubbed, or did you see it subtitled? I think I saw it in English. Actually. Do you remember like the third Gung Ho Gun? He's the only Gung Ho Gun that. Uh, or no, 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 it's not him. It's um Ride the Blade. Uh, he says this, I can't remember what's happening, but some ridiculous thing is happening on screen. And right at Blade goes, what is this? Some sort of twisted Christian science? <laughs> and it's a weird choice by the dubbers. But like, but, but whatever like weird twisted Christian science is going on, right? Um, uh, they are, they're clearly just trying to discover the secret to immortality, which is what is the reason we're given a lot of rich megalomaniacs do things in movies and settings like this that have a lot of money they want to live forever because they don't want to you know they love power and they love the position they're in and everything and so uh and they don't give a shit about the human cost uh and you might be like human costs like these are just lab rats basically they're just kids created in a test tube whatever but i would push back against that because clearly I think that they show all the signs of humanity and clearly they feel pain and uh, it's just a lot of needless suffering um, and death uh, that takes place to do this. But like, I think 
you know, the, the, the main idea is that like, this is the kind of world, not unlike our own, uh, where the Mm -hmm. people in power that have a lot of money that want to like safeguard their power and money forever and ever, uh, will do it and go to extraordinary lengths, uh, and bring about human suffering and not care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll see how it p- plays out, but I do think I would want more of an explanation to be given than what we've got now for why they're doing it. But we'll we'll see. We'll Maybe see. when we get to meet the faceless um, cor- corporate overlords behind the kabuki masks or whatever, it'll it'll be hard. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. I wonder. I wonder if the people that execute our answers to are the people that ran the lab. Because I mean, they didn't. The sort of weird, like avatar that represents the headmaster was just like a swirly supernova of light yeah. brights. Do you remember light brights? Well, I've, <laughs> turn yeah, on oh, the magic I do, of I do. colored well, lights. Yeah. Well, uh, so. well, the um, the cat AI, by the way, is just named the professor, professor as yeah. well. There's no. So again, like we've got titles here, not too dissimilar from the Akudama titles, of course. So maybe we're not so different after all. Mm, that's right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. This is also why this is also why we have brother and sister, of course, because you know, again. They drew the short straws in the in the fun yeah. title sweepstakes. No one has <laughs> no one has any actual names in this show. But, yeah, brother, uh, oh, I got brother. Bro- <laughs> That's not cool. Bro, brother, uh, brother. Sorry, <laughs> you were trying to sound uh, like the holster, brother. No, I was not. <laughs> I was not. Uh, right. So we have two more questions. These come from Kate Rose. Uh, next one is: After Docs had told Hudlum her true goal in episode nine, in retrospect, could her betrayal and reasons have been anticipated based on that information? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because I actually rewatched the episodes, um, and they arrive uh, when they go into this the moon, as you mentioned in your summary. Um, they're going through what is look basically a festival of tomorrow, a world's fair kind of place. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like all sorts of like, hey, this is a cool bike. This is a guy in space, all that sort of stuff. And Doctor actually stops before a sign that talks about scientists searching for immortality, and she makes a comment that every scientist is trying to find the same thing. But of course, would that not include her as well? Dun, dun, dun. What? Why? Why would she pay so much attention mm-hmm. to that? You know, why? Why? Or why would the show even give time mm. to that? You know, interesting. So yeah, the, the, there's there's breadcrumbs here and there. Plus, also, uh, she's clearly you know um, been you know able to su- survive grievous wounds even before you know episode six. Like you know, she gets she just literally gets a cut up and then she just comes back I'm like oh yeah you know mm-hmm. i just stitched myself back up i'm fine i'm like what the fuck we we thought of that as kind of a like you know black when i say black magic i don't mean as literally <laughs> like diegetic black magic i mean as in narrative black magic mm-hmm. like, you know it's the trick of the hand it's sure. slight of hand kind of thing that the writers are pulling no but now it's actually no. become the it's become like part of her character mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it is possible if you, like, if you go back and check for the clues beforehand that they were there, that would have pointed to that. Can you re- but we probably would have had no way of knowing yeah, that. Can you repeat the question? I, well, I couldn't. You read it a little fast. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, after Doctor told Hudlum her true goal in episode right. nine, in retrospect, uh, could her betrayal and reasons have been anticipated based on that information? 
Well, I mean, I think I think what Kate mentioned earlier about like her kind of protesting too much and wanting to point the finger at everyone else as a traitor feels a little bit more of like intuitive as far as like how you could have guessed. I don't I don't really I I'm not sure. I don't know if I quite understand how how those two connect. So, yeah, I don't know. Um I'm not sure, Kate. Um mm-hmm. Well, I maybe her betray her betrayal I would say is more ambiguous than her reasoning, I would say like we could see, for example, her having an interest in the kids because of the fact that, hey, she says, hey, like, you know, this immortality thing, like how she's also similarly able to recover from wounds in a not too dissimilar manner. We could draw parallels, but we, like the show, of course, sets up so that her betrayal is not as quite as obvious mm-hmm. as, say, what I thought, which was hoodlums. So they can be separate things, like her having reasons to be interested uh, in that information versus her betraying, they're different things. They're not entirely right. uh, tied together. Right. Head. I mean that the the betrayal. Yeah. I mean maybe maybe it does directly connect to her plan, but it sort of just felt like you know this is the smart thing I need to do to survive to continue whatever it is my goal is topping God. I think we said. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. So. We have one final okay. question. What did you think would be the results of Cutthroat's obsession with Swindler? What was the result shown in episode 9 of Surprise Interesting. Twist? This is an interesting question. Um, mm. I don't know what I thought of it. I mean, I, looking back, of course, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, this totally makes sense, and this is uh, a smart construction of the show. Uh, sort of the, it's like a reverse shonen thing, right? Because like an, in a lot of mm-hmm. shonen shows, like, uh, the or or manga, um, the protagonist, the hero, will fight against bad guys one after another, and they are sort of through the hero's actions, they kind of come around to the side of good and join him. Uh, whereas here, everybody's forced to cooperate in the beginning, and then when they go their separate ways. Now they fight. <laughs> you you have to. You've gotten close to everyone. You've gotten to know them. You know, as the audience, and now uh, you're put through. Uh, you know, you got you got to do the the fighting. Uh, you got to go through them all mm-hmm. now. Um, all the heroes are now bad guys. Um, heroes in gigantic, humongous, galaxy sized air quotes anti heroes. <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah, I guess. If I would have thought about it, I'd be like, okay, this is sort of the logical uh, outcome. But I don't know. I guess I kind of wasn't thinking like, what what will be the purpose of of Cutthroat? Um, but um, you know, because I just this is a sort of show we've talked about where I think just kind of enjoying the ride is a nice way to view it. But but yeah, I mean, like I think I said earlier that episode nine feels like the reason that you have a character like cutthroat and so mm-hmm. you know yeah like you 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 have him be obsessed with her for a long time and then you kind of pay that off with he he's obsessed with her because he wants to kill her and then you have him creepily stalk her and everything um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm I, i'm i'm kind of glad again we're grateful he's dead. I'm, I'm glad that they've done this because um, now we don't have to have him hanging around, 
being annoying. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. What about what about you? Yeah. Um. So I think that first off, like Cutthroat going psychotic in this episode. Well, when I say that, like that's the saying that he wasn't psychotic before. But you know what I mean. Like him going to like eleven in yeah. this episode. Um. It's actually, uh, I think, part of the show's like on like building up to a finale and i'll tell you why because we get two characters in this episode who reveal their true natures uh the other one being the doctor that's what this episode is about it's time to show people for who they really are we've learned the truth about the children in the episodes prior to this one uh we've learned the truth now about the doctor and cutthroat and undoubtedly more revelations will be coming about other characters soon enough um but yeah, it goes to show like that. There's a reason also why that both the Doctor and Cutthroat are animated with like the way their faces are portrayed. A lot of these are very ugly. Mm. That like Cutthroat in particular, <laughs> but the Doctor has moments like when she's drinking the wine where she looks like she looks like she's put on like 50 years maybe because again she's quite old. Oh, yeah. But also she just looks very <laughs> hey, just that one like, just she... that one scene. The rest of the time, it's it's good. <laughs> Doctor is good, but yeah, no, that I know that one scene I, is is yeah. is uh. They add a lot to her face as far as lines of expression. And yeah, yeah. I thought about using one of those cutthroat shots as the, the thumbnail, but I, I used my, my better judgment one out and I didn't. One of those like, mm. you know, troll face type thing that he's making. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say this. I'll say this when you said about like Doc's face. Um, I think that Podlum probably didn't notice because he probably had his um, how do I say it? he had his eyes closed throughout all of it. That was that's the, that's what makes sense to me. Um, so, <laughs> oh man. So okay. Um, so the first thing is I think that it's a parallel to what's happening with her. We get to see people's true nature. Like I think our reaction to him for a while was like and much the same as the actual other characters was was that he was a useful tool. Like, he served a role in the group. He, you know, saved, like, Swindler's life a couple of times. And otherwise, you know, fought with them. Like, he was an ally. But, you know, it's like that old saying goes, like, a scorpion will always sting you. You can't take the sting out of, it, out of that. And that comes home to roost here. Um, so, I think in some way it was always known that he was going to go off the deep mm-hmm. end. Um, as for his obsession, I think... The way that he works is because he sees like things in psychotic vision where he sees like the red halo. Like he sees that over people. Um and Parmi has to wonder, like, is that truly a psychosis of his where it's not real, it's not diegetic, or because of all like is some sort of like representation of that person's like karma, if you want to call it that. Where oh, yeah. you know you have people who've killed a lot of people, and of course Swindler started off pretty pure, and then well, as of episode nine, she's directly or indirectly killed a lot of people um so it's something it's something about that um but i think one of the other reasons also that we can look at is also just be more reductive and look at the construction of the show which is that they very clearly had an idea of i think this is one of those shows where they had set pieces in mind and might have stitched the story together secondly which is not necessarily a bad thing um, but I mean, when you have an episode called The Shining, I think it's very clear to me that they started with that the episode title first, and then built the episode from that, rather than naming the episode afterwards. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do we have a set piece where we can replicate the effects of The Shining? Who are we going to do that mm-hmm. with? It's going to be Cutthroat, of course it is. Nash. Um, so yeah, of course, of course it is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it was so much of a surprise in the end. 
Um, I think that it was just more kind of inevitable thing because he clearly was coveting her for himself, um, but he was never portrayed in the way, say, like the Doctor is or even some of the other characters uh, where they had different wants and needs of the people that they were in- interested in, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was so much of a surprise. As to what I thought the result would be, um, I thought that she wasn't going to... I actually will say that I don't think... I didn't think originally when I first like caught the first three episodes of the show that she would end up like actually fighting him. But I thought that rather she would potentially manipulate him into, you know, fighting for and getting himself killed. And I suppose in a sense she did. Just not in the way I expected. Hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Shadon. The whole time you were talking, I was trying to delete this bot's message in chat. <laughs> and so, so uh, I deleted it in Twitch. I deleted it in Restream. But it's still on the actual screen of the YouTube video. So, you know, I'm, oh, wow. I am extraordinarily bad at multitasking. So um, uh, deep, deep apologies. Um, do you mind re- repeating the question one more time? I'm very sorry. Yes. You fucking uh, bots. But- what did, what did you think would be the result oh, of Oh, wait, I answer, that's right. I answered this question already. You know yeah, what? You, you, you answer, I didn't even have to say anything. I, I should have said, hey, well, that concludes our questions. Um, yeah. You could have also said, that's a great point, Shadon. Thank you very much. Also, I will be sending you $500 via PayPal tonight. You know what, Shadon? You still have time to do that, You dog. know what, Shadon? That was a great point. Thank you very much. You've You've done us all a service. I feel so much smarter now than I did moments ago before you had said what you said. So I think the podcast has reached a zenith. Zenith? Zenith? Zen- <laughs> with the top? Do, do, do I get $500? No, hell no. Stop it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Worth a try. I guess I can't swindle as well as swindler can. No, can back, I? Don't quit your day job, as it were. I don't know why I said no, as it were. I should be quiet. That was unnecessary, uh, <laughs> as it were. So, um, so yeah, uh, thanks to all the patrons for sending in all those questions. Um, yeah, thank that's you. good stuff. Um, I appreciate it. We went long on those. That was, um, yeah, thank you so much to Kate and uh, um, son of Rackham. Son of Rackham. Again, say, <laughs> say hi to Rackham Sr. I'm sorry. I fucking, you're going to feel so bad about your username. I'm just alienating patrons left and right. Um, so... But you have a cool avatar in Discord. Uh, and uh, yeah, please, everybody keep sending those questions in. And if you want to uh, get them in, where in, in which we have to answer, uh, subscribe over on Patreon to the Royal Milk tier uh, or higher. And you can ask us questions for these Stream of Thought shows. Um, Shadon, mm-hmm. is it time for Talking Points? It very much is time for talking points. So I've already covered some of them with the questions Mm -hmm. that we've done. So I'm going to go on to some of the smaller ones here. And I want to talk about how well episode nine was animated. Like, like, it was an ugly episode in a lot of ways, but that was intentional. Um, I loved the close-ups on, like, Cutthroat's face, for example. Um, And also, like, how very disorienting a lot Mm -hmm. of it it was. Um, I think that also, like, seeing, um, like, when Swindler's going down the corridors of the Executioner's Hall, and Love we that. see the repeating uh, warnings about the Akadama going up on all the screens, like, and how Brawl is dead, like, you know, uh, but it's, obviously she looks different mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, there's a lot of jarring elements to it, 
Um, one of my particularly most favourite bits, though, was something that I thought was quite subtle but worked really well, which was um, on the... We, of course, get the scene which um, Cutthroat has made a pile of people, uh, unfortunately. A cake, he calls it. Uh, a fucking... A cake. <laughs> so disgusting. Fuck Cutthroat, man. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you know, when I said I wanted red velvet oh, cake, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Jesus. It was worth saying that oh, for that reaction. Fucking hell. Say. Okay. Well. Red velvet cake is delish, by the way. Um, not anymore. One thing I want to note. One thing I really, really want to note that I thought was really cool about this moment, uh, not because of the fact people were dead, of course, is that <laughs> you obviously need the to color scheme that. of the... Of, <laughs> no, I, I just just thought I should point out, you know, I don't want to be taken out of context, uh, is that um, obviously, like, you know, the entire floor is soaked in blood. The area is not lit. Um, so the majority of the color is a dark red that you see on the in mm-hmm. this scene with whatever like silhouettes you can make out of the characters. Um, but there's a there's a ray of light that comes in from one of the windows that's quite a cool blue in color and it illuminates everyone's faces. And it really works to show, like, firstly, as a red blue being a wonderful contrast color to red for obvious reasons, but also it goes to show the moods of the characters. Uh, you get Swindler's disgusted reaction to it through the coolness of her, you know, of her portrayal of that. And also, and similarly, how cold, uh, you know, Cutthroat is mm-hmm. in all of this. Uh, beyond being just simply spooky mood lighting, the colour great, uh, like, the colour contrast here works really well. And it highlights the moods of the characters in, in, quite nicely. So I want to applaud that this, I mean, the ep- like, every episode thus far has been really good in terms of its animation. Um... But I really wanted to applaud that small little detail there because I thought, like, that's... It's one thing to say, like, okay, you've got all these cuts out, but you, good use of colour is also something I don't think we talk necessarily often enough about or don't see enough of. And so keeping it down to just, like, this very minimal light and the colour is very distinctly contrasted against the red of the blood works really well. Did you like the, um... The cutthroat POV shots? Uh, oh, with God. The, the red <laughs> ring, you know? the Yeah, the... That was that was weird because is that's probably how he exactly how he sees the world, you know, sees his auras and such. Yeah, I was like, uh, I, I wonder if this is like, if this is something in his brain, or if this is a, like a he's sort of able to view some kind of property in the real world that we're not able to, and that's mm-hmm. what helped him survive yeah. or whatever. I thought that was interesting to think about, but but I thought just on an aesthetic level, those shots also in episode nine were super cool. Um, I, I they were very appealing. I like the way they look. It made me think, like, you know, as unrelatable a character as this guy is, right? Um, it, it made me think, like, okay, if 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 how I see the world otherwise is very muted, uh, lack of color, that like seeing those just incredible pops of bright color. Uh, in, in those shapes and that kind of like just very kind of tangible looking despite being you know like an aura like you said um, it, it would make me it would make uh, me want to seek them out also it would make like those experiences valuable ones to me if those were the only pops of color that I had um, in, in my life that I could see uh, so it, it was I suppose nice 
to be able to mm. see from his point of view. Um, but they look cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, 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 these episodes, um, you know, they weren't like tour de forces of animation or anything, but like there were some moments. I thought one, I can't remember what episode it was in, but whenever the doctor, uh, pulled the, the scalpel out of the man's throat, um, yeah, like you kind of didn't see it, you know, because they were censoring the gore. But like her hand is animated, like it's like the it, it's it went from twenty four to sixty frames per second. It was just like yeah, flowing hand, <laughs> Smooth, uh, you know, smoothest of the beat. And yeah. uh, a couple of the the fight scenes early on um, were pretty rad. Um, I don't know if that was I I don't remember it well enough to remember if it was like this is due to the animation or the choreography or uh, the shot composition or whatever. But um, as always, like the action is really great in this show, um, but they dialed it back for yeah. the most part, these episodes, which is, which is fine. Yeah. It's, it's, I have to say though, like it's kind of surprising to me to see how the execu- uh, executioners now are all so terrible. <laughs> it's that, it's that old trope, <laughs> like, you know, where once we stop having these, yeah, you know, one of them, one of them is deadly. A hundred of them is exactly. Shit, so yeah. there you are. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. I just it's just because Cutthroat's such a um, badass. He's oh, he's so God. cool. Um, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Uh, I'll also note, by the way, I love the sense of claustrophobia we get at certain points in this episode. When oh my god, chased. yes, like, I have re- note of this. They really, they, they really do sell that. Like when she's in the uh, bathroom stall, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, and we just get like a side on shot of her like she's trying to stay quiet um that was yeah you feel like you're right in there with her and that there is literally no escape they do a great job and even before like before episode nine i think you might have referenced this when once she's tried to buy takoyaki and then she has to run away and it's like the bill the uh not billboards but the alerts are popping up in the air all around her and you Mm -hmm. hear like the muffled whispers like just and people, there's just a throng of people and they're kind of closing in and um, the world feels like it's closing in as she and little sister run away. And that does, it's just very stifling kind of atmosphere. And um, they really yeah. like bring that point home really well. Like I also felt it and it's good, you know, because it, it, it helps kind of uh, ratchet up the tension in those moments where she's supposed to be at risk. Um you know, but we've talked about some things that work against that. But I think these scenes that you're talking about really, really help it a lot. Mm, yeah, I agree. Over to you then, Doc. What's your next um, talking point? The moon. The moon, the moon is my next talking point. Um, this is not uh, a thematic point or anything particularly deep. But I just love uh, when anime employs the moon as a plot device, Shadon. It's done with more more frequency mm. than you might think. And not in terms of like, yep. we're an alien race from the moon or whatever, but just like mm. <laughs> when the show wants to show, when it wants to demonstrate, a show wants to show, that's just, why would I use that word show in two senses? A noun and a verb, that's just, that's poor of me. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's When a show wants to demonstrate like that shit has gotten realer than real, that it's on, like donkey kong as it were <laughs> then when when it's like time for some you know bat shittedness to go down brings in we bring in the moon to 
be uh, destroyed or whatever. Um, I know. The moon is an illusion, Kate. Was never really there because it got blown up in the in the war. Um, I, I like I, I like what Kate said that said that because it made me think like you know how people say like that you know the moon landings were fake. No, it's just the whole moon <laughs> has been fake the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was destroyed so long ago. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like your galaxy brain meme of uh, moon landing conspiracies where the moon landing was fake and it's just like no, the moon was fake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's superb. That Incredible. needs to make that. Uh, but like. So as a as a lover of the moon in anime used as a plot device, it's like it just it hit me in waves because like when when you realize that they're going to the moon, it's like oh shit, they're going to the fucking moon. Hell yeah, this is about to become a space show. Fucking rock. Uh, and and in that scene, it's one of the last times I remember them doing the Danganronpa setup where the stage like. Doing like and like uh kind of pops up yes and then they have like the really cartoonish looking rocket which i feel like they've used in a danganronpa game that i played because they they send someone into the sun um monokuma there's a reason that that there's a reason that that rocket in my opinion is styled retro but i'll talk about that soon in my next it was always gonna crash (laughs) but uh oh oh god yeah oh yeah oh um no, I, I, I was done, but I was going to say, uh, we also have Jessica in the chat. Hello, Hello Jessica. Jessica. I think she's uh, on Team Moon as well. So, look, like, in Dragon Ball Z, we all know, like, when Piccolo was training Gohan, and you know, you, so, this is a pop quiz for you, Shadon. Let's see how much Dragon Ball you know. Do you know uh, what race Go, Goku and Gohan and all of the rest of them are? Uh, 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 I was yes, that's that correct. No, that is wrong. right. No, it's, they are right, members okay, of the, the same okay, race. They look human, but there's a distinct difference. Do you know what that is? Uh, 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 so unless it's removed, they have the tail of a monkey. Um, yeah, actually, I was going to say that, but I, I remember thinking to myself, like, wait, I've only seen that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And not others. And I can't recall. I had no idea why it was not there, but no, it just literally... People remove you know, it. He paid for surgery. Um, but it's it's like uh, a largely abandoned uh, once you get into like the Frieza arc, which is the second big arc of Dragon Ball Z. But, you know, the story of Dragon Ball is loosely based on the, like, I think Journey of the West and the Monkey King and everything. Yeah, so, the Sun, Sun, Sun um, Wukong. Yeah. So, so, yeah, there are these races. And so... The, the reason they have these tails um, is because... So if they, if they see the full moon, a Saiyan with a tail, um, then they turn into a great ape. There's a huge, giant ape, and they stomp around, and they can shoot key blasts out of their mouth, and uh, they just generally uh, fuck shit up and destroy planets. Um, and <laughs> Piccolo is training one of you know Goku's little son, uh, and... He has become a great ape because he saw the full moon, Goku's son, and he's causing havoc. And Piccolo's like, oh shit, he's going to kill me. Uh, so rather than like cut off his tail, because he doesn't realize that that's what he could do, uh, he blows up the moon. <laughs> so no more moon in the world of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he blows up the moon. Uh, I, it's an, amazing. I mean, I. I, I 
That is the literal nuclear it, option. He took the uh, nuclear option. Yeah. Um, oh, at God. some point uh, in Gitter Robo Armageddon, one of my favorite mecha anime that I will show you one day, uh, one of the last things to happen is uh, it's either the moon or another planet. I think it might be the moon, but like uh, Gitter 1 flies to the moon and uh, cuts it in half with an axe. Um, yeah, as, as, as you do. do. So, yeah, the moon in anime. It's great. And I'm thinking, again, oh, my God, they're going to the moon. And then they don't go to the moon, but it's for the best reason. Because <laughs> the moon was a fake, like Kate said. Incredible. It's already been blown up. They've done it. Uh, and it's uh, amazing. And I love when, again, the moon is blown up here. For you. We're supposed to be like, oh, my God, like the Civil War was so much that it spilled over to space. This world really is fucked up. The moon has been blown up. So, uh, yeah, I love that. More anime should do it. Use the moon. Blow up the moon. Abuse the moon. Uh, it's it's there for that reason. So. Yeah. I'm in complete agreement. Why not? It makes for quite a spectacle. Um, so we're talking about the moon and the space journey and all that. And now's as good a time for me as any to bring up my next talking point, which is about the uh, Expo Park Festival that mm-hmm. they mentioned. Uh, also, uh, hello, Mirror. Mirror. <gasps> You're watching um, it. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't think, you know, I just, I generally think that most people don't give a shit about Get a Robo. And so I just say things. Uh, I'm sorry. I won't get any more specific than that. Uh, I, I but but I apologize for ruining the spectacle for you. Go Minasai. I well, well. Um. Okay. So Expo Park. Uh, I get to now mention a film that is not anime, but is actually better than a lot of anime films Ooh. I've seen. Um, but it's one that I have mentioned to you a number of times. That I think we need to basically say it's not anime, but we should still talk about it after watching it someday. Uh, which is Batman: Mask of the oh, Phantasm. Yeah. Why am I bringing a bat? Why am I bringing up the Batman anime film? Because in that film, uh, Bruce Wayne, who you may or may not know is Batman, I mean, you know we're talking about spoilers, and I apologize for blowing your minds with that. Bruce Wayne is Batman. You spoiled me. Uh, I'm watching is, uh, Batman for the first time. <laughs> which, 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 which one? The Adam West one? Exactly, yes. Uh, yeah, well, that's the best one to start with. Uh, but anyway, point being, um, he and his uh, girlfriend at the time... Um, they visit a futures fair, which features, like, the city of tomorrow, the bright, shining future kind of thing, you know. Um, it features all sorts of things like an automated kitchen, and also is where we learn about him getting inspiration for the Batmobile of that particular show, because uh, that's the car of the future. So everything's the future, like, you know, the bright, shining tomorrow that awaits us. And then later in that film, we revisit that same location many years later in real time, like modern day, and it is a dilapidated, rusty uh you know mess it's like it's rotted away the future is dead um it's a very powerful image and again this is one of the reasons why i want to talk about that film so bad at some point why am i bringing this up in relevant academic drive because the expo park is basically the same thing it is the promise of a future of you know scientific advancement people living forever you know Mm -hmm. the the bike that is mentioned you know all good stuff uh, even that's why the retro rocket design hmm. is there. It's a little even fallout right. shall we say. Right, right, uh, right. And this is also why the 
the moon being a fake is also a part of that, along with the fact they run out of fuel. Like, it's a convenient excuse to keep them on Earth, but it also serves a point, in my opinion, which is it goes to show, like, that that was what they thought the future was going to be, and then the war came out. And now we have the uh, reality that we're in now, which is this cyberpunk dystopia. So that's why Expo Park exists as it is in the show, because it's meant to sh display like what the people of the past thought the future was going to be and how far away from that it actually is in reality. Hmm. That's why the fuel runs out, because although the idea of the moon rocket is to take them there, it doesn't go far enough. That's why the moon is blown up. Not just because of the plot of, oh, the war did it, but because the, you know, the thing that we believed was the future is now dead, you know? Right. So it, the, that's why Expo Park exists as a setting. It's not simply there because it's quirky, but it goes to show, like, the contrast between, like, the optimism of the peoples of the past versus the very cynical and bitter people of the present. And I think that's a really fucking yeah. neat idea. Like, again, reminds me a lot of, uh, reminds me a lot of Phantasm, uh, although there's a more personal connection in that film because it also reflects Bruce Wayne's own dead future because he has become mm -hmm. Batman. Uh, I know some people will be upset by that because they think Batman's great, but no, Batman is a tragic character and that's part of that. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really, really neat image there like that they've gone for. Like, here's the things of tomorrow and we don't have those anymore because, you know there was a war and it's ruined everything for us. Do you think that that idea, it's been a while since I played this game uh, and I never fully finished it much to your chagrin, but do you think that that idea is at work in um, the fucking merry-go-round part of near automata? Oh yeah. This absolutely. cannot continue. I think that's before that's in the desert, yeah. isn't it? This cannot continue. That's in yeah. the desert. Uh, but the, the the thing is the merry-go-round is still yeah. a part of that, you know. It's you know, it's that it's that image of like, you know, uh how should we say, uh twee uh twee happiness, if you want mm -hmm. to call it that. You know, like where everyone's having a grand old time, everyone's content you know, like it's kind of kind of like Americana thing, and then you know Yeah, well, right. Less the future, but more just like the sort of the the American dream kind of deal, like the promise of peace. Uh uh, yep. divorce you know different from the the cruel world in which Cot we live cotton candy shooting mm. cans going on roller yeah. coasters you know taking your days to the ferris castle. wheel that yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah um yeah yeah exactly. but this is the tomorrow so, yeah. version of that interesting mm. yeah that's so, cool yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah so as much as we say like akadama drive might not have a lot of substance to it and i don't think it when I say I don't think it does, I mean as a relative thing to other shows, and there are certainly shows that it is infinitely superior to on substance alone. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I still think that it's doing really well with the world building here and how it's using that to inform like how bad the current reality is, the current present day is, versus the optimism of the past. So good stuff to them for doing that. It's not just there for shits and giggles. That spaceman outfit isn't there because fuck it. No, there is a reason for it. Yeah, and I mean, regarding like the the substance comment, um, I agree. But like we often talk about like the show, uh, what what a show sets out to do, its goals, its contract that it makes with oh, the audience, yeah, yeah. right? So like, um, rather than be very very thank you and sort of you know. Let's be the, the, the sort of psychopath cyberpunk. It's very much rather than that, um, like they wanted to make a roller coaster and they put all their effort into constructing this roller coaster, this this kind of theme park ride. Um, 
to just merry-go-round. Uh, they, they made it very well constructed. <laughs> um, uh, and it's not just like super forgettable or drab or boring um, or, you know, it's just very, very enjoyable. And it's a really well-made ride because uh, because what you're thinking about is like you're speculating on the next turn or, or when when it's going to drop uh you know mm. what what it's leading to rather than like you know deep questions about like human nature or whatever although like you said i mean there's some stuff there uh to think about because the show is well made and so you know there's going to be some stuff to think about mm-hmm. for show sure. right uh over to you doc what's your next talking point uh let's like i guess what should we talk about um let's we've talked about so much already in in the questions um that i thought was interesting um because we talked about the stuff with with swindler becoming a murderer uh but but we can now talk about i guess one of the things you wanted to talk about which is like the the online post that uh it is is a match to a powder keg as i said before that like you know yeah we learned about like that everything is kind of been fomenting uh with um with the akudama up to this point and things have have kind of come to a head and swindler uh in her infinite wisdom <laughs> as a, as a distraction uh because she and courier who remains the worst character <laughs> My, besides cutthroat <laughs> he, he's yeah he's his bicast poor personality <laughs> to him. So... Imagine, imagine imagine if this was like a night rider thing where the bike could talk like it would be infinitely better Terrible. Than him. by the way as, as an aside do you remember that part where he's like breaking into the seal headquarters uh not like er, er, seal but like the you know the robo like signature yeah. uh he and he's like that's a stupid idea you know what a good idea is? Breaking into Executioner HQ. And she's like, wait a minute. Won't that be crawling with guards? And he's like, Murakadama. Since when have we given a shit about that? I'm just like, wait a minute. A wait a minute. <laughs> Why is that a better idea than breaking into Seal HQ? Like you've given, <laughs> there's no reason why it's, I mean, maybe they will have, maybe he thinks that they're guaranteed to learn something that, that they need to learn there. Um, any kind of gestures at that, but it really seems like he just wants to do it just for whatever reason. The same. Hey, it works out. It works out well, given that Cutthroat just kind of went. Well, it did work out, right? But like, <laughs> it just doesn't offer a compelling reason. In fact, there's a reason not no. to do it. He's just like. Fucking a man, mm. that's never stopped us before. And yeah. like, you, you fucking yeah. dumbass. <laughs> like, and just like the oh, reason why God. he chooses to help her. Like, I mean, maybe we'll learn. Maybe we'll get some sort of like compelling backstory. Again, you, you feel like the show is gonna be like, actually, he's the best of us deep down. You know what I mean? He's got the biggest heart, and that's why he pushes everyone away because he's been hurt too bad before or whatever. But um. But fucking, yeah, he's a dumbass. But anyway, um, they're going to break into this building and to to distract uh, security and give them something to do, she posts, you know, 
at high noon on Thursday, Akujama will gather in the square and we will take over the city. Um, And that basically kicks off a revolution. Like, yeah. people are in the streets killing I, criminal, like petty criminals, I think. But, like, uh, yeah, like, so what did you want to say about this? I'm very curious. I I, I just thought it was an astute observation. Uh, I mean, I'm not talking about the fact that social media can be full of bullshit, uh, because that's obvious. But I think that it, I think it's very astute to how, like, you know, pe- labels can be very quickly turned on p- perfectly innocent people. Yeah, I mean, keep hearing about Antifa, for example. Right. Uh, which, yeah. So, um, but it also just goes to show, like, how when that kind of labeling is employed by a government or a nation, how it can turn back in on itself so quickly because it's, you know, arguing for, you know, the punishment of people who fall on that label, but they could be perfectly innocent. And it's just so easy for someone to point to someone else and say, you're one of them, you're, an, you're the mm-hmm. other kind of person hmm. um so i only want to bring it up just again because i don't think the show is trying to go so deep on this but it it's a very regrettably rational uh look at how human behavior works for these kind of things where we simply need to label something as other and that's it and it doesn't even need to apply we'll still act out on our worst impulses and so in some way while i do think that it's swindler's fault that those people died uh one could also make the argument that the executioners uh, and the government are responsible for sowing the seeds of this to happen because they built up such mm-hmm. a fervent anti-Akadama hate that all it needs to do is you just need to point to Aber, he's an Akadama and he just well just gets his head kicks in. Yeah, it? like people just need to feel like you you've you've created you've demonized them so much that as soon as they feel like unsafe from this threat that yeah they're just gonna blow up and take to the streets and start killing people. And you know like yeah. It's funny. Well, funny is not the right word, but I guess it's interesting that, like, um, I think a, a few years ago, I would have thought, boy, how unrealistic that an online an online mm. post could, like, make people do something so... Uh, could, could spark action in the real world to such a, a frightening degree. Um, but you know it's it's very much uh in in keeping with our own reality that like yeah like this uh this online post um it uh, it can make people do um uh, terrible but also great things i mean it's like it's a kind of neutral technology like it could be used uh for great good uh or uh, unfortunately as as we know um making uh a third of the country you live in uh to complete idiots <laughs> so um yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, so so i just wanted to say that for this scene that i would have thought once upon a time hmm maybe this is a bit of a stretch here akudama drive maybe maybe this isn't so realistic but no it is yeah Sad but true, but, but again, but also observation but, but, on the sad, show but but not, like potentially not sad that like I don't know that like there's power for good there too that like words potentially have power. I mean, because like you know, like good things have happened as far as internet organizing. Um, like you know, you mentioned oh, Antifa, oh, oh, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and things like um certain like protest marches and 
um and all kinds of things are are you know possible because of of that technology so so i'm so i'm clear i was thinking more about the labeling of totally oh yeah no i know i know truly yeah 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 uh like i do i mean i'm not saying like you know activism in that sense is bad i'm just saying that you know when people want to use labels to mark people as others if you want to call them that uh, and then commit violence against they'll do it even though there's no evidence for that and i should note the government is equally culpable of that earlier (laughs) in the show because of course swindler just gets caught along in all Mm -hmm. this and, you know, any rational, like, you know, society would have gone, she's a misfortunate victim of circumstance. Maybe she isn't, but you get my point. Hoodlum also arguably so, because he's just a regular, like, common criminal. He's certainly not an Akudama by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very easy for people to fall down the, fall down the, the drain on this one, you know, to, get, to have no safety net and then just be called Akudama and then that's it, yeah. you know. And also, I should note that the reason that people go so mad about this is because the Akudama in question attacks the Shinkansen, which I need to remind you is portrayed as some sort of mm-hmm. holy spirit that the government has built up. Like, it's created this religious iconography about it and fermented, like, real zealotry over it. It's a fucking train! <laughs> Jesus it Christ! It is more than a train. I can feel the Shinkansen in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I agree. It's... That is, I feel, a slightly under underexplored piece of all this. Do you agree or disagree? I think it's underexplored, but I think that it's also fair for the show not to go into too much detail because it's not trying to be yeah. about that. But I think it at least acknowledges that, you know, governments can, I mean, heck, you know, like, the governments can, like, you know, try and consecrate stuff in religious imagery, and that can ultimately backfire quite heavily. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it really did uh, in this case. Um just may just make you think of flag <laughs> in some way. Oh boy, oh boy. Mm. God, I I I don't think I'm not I don't think I'm ready for Shirasu doing her version of Flag in Nakadama Drive World. Oh sweet Jesus. No, you keep know. keep her keep her away from this world. <laughs> this is this is a, a harsh world. Well, well that won't, for her. that that won't be that won't be difficult because god damn know. it don't say it move on that's the next talk <laughs> <laughs> don't say it all right okay so um my next talking point i'm gonna mix i had actually two but i'm gonna skip one of them to be quite honest and come back to it later on our discord but the one i do want to discuss on air is about censorship um we've already tackled this a little bit so i'm not going to elab- i'm not going to go into search but i want to know that like, when people talk about censorship online, they're saying, like, this thing's being censored. Of course, they oftentimes don't have a fucking clue. Repeal section about. 230. Uh, generally... It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. Get it in the... I, I am being censored for my views that I am then broadcasting over a wide audience, you know, through newspapers exactly. and shit. I, the president, uh, am being silenced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bullshit. Uh, but this is one of those times where I would cry foul of censorship. Not because... I am, you know, a violence-hungry, like, you know, I must see all the gore and blood kind of guy. But because it feels to me like it's been applied rather inconsistently, okay. or rather that it doesn't seem to me- mesh with the rest of you. Like, I don't mind, that, like, stuff like being censored for the sake of a TV broadcast. It feels more like, you know, like it's been applied fairly. But something I need to note here is that we, of course, have that very powerful scene of the repeated, you know, moments when the brother wakes up. And every time he does, there's more and more blood. Uh, which, by the way, that's horrifying for a number of reasons. One, it's a child who's bled out on a laboratory table for a start. Uh, two, we see, of course, that the amount of blood has increased, 
at every single time. And free, he's just been left there. So, apart from obviously the very visceral image of all that blood spilling out, uh, you know, we still get to, you know, the implications are clear to us. We get to see how it gets worse each time. And so, like, there's no care paid to this child whatsoever. It is awful. It's wretched. It's, it's a vile thing to look at. It is genuinely horrifying. And there's no censorship with that. Which, okay, I'm okay with that because I think it should be presented as is in that case. But then I would ask, okay, we're willing to show, like, this child being, you know, mutilated over and over in this way, uh, in this very effective, uh, you know, image of what comes after. But then we won't actually show, like, the, you know, the death of people we don't know or care about people just being decapitated en masse. Bit strange, that. Now, I grant I don't know what broadcast standards are like in Japan for this kind of stuff, what you can and cannot show. Um, I just found it a bit odd that so much of this these episodes were censored, especially considering I didn't see much of the same kind of censorship in the earlier ones. And again, I don't have a problem with, like, you know, I must see all the violence and all the gore of why it's not offensive. Like, no, I, I got the intent clear enough, but I just found it odd that there were some things that they were willing to leave untouched um, and some things that they weren't. And I feel like the it should be kind of an all or nothing thing, really, where you uh, apply, you know, your censorship consistently. Right. I mean, um, you're also a consistency fetishist. <laughs> um, I think I mean, if you're if you're um, yes, <laughs> if your beef is, uh, hey, uh, the laws of what can be shown on television are weird and arbitrary then yes i I think that's probably where the fault lies rather than like with anybody involved with like the show from a like creative standpoint i think it's just like what do we have to do to make this like tv arable um and this and this is true in our country too in america like some of the things that you can and can't show on tv like the level of uh violence versus uh sex that you could show on TV uh, is, you know, um, that seems arbitrary as well. So yeah, it's, um, it's weird and silly. Yeah. And I do find it strange that Funimation are pushing the TV version as well, but I, I must stress like what, when I, when I complain about this stuff, I don't know what the standards and practices are in Japan. I don't know what Funimation standards and practices are. Maybe all they got given to stream was the TV version. I think that's all that exists. I, I mean, you know, when they come out, right? Like they want to air them really like uh, close to when they drop, and so rather than wait for mm-hmm. the Blu-ray cut, you know, they just go ahead and air the television version. Yeah, that's that's essentially all they had. But funny enough, you'll get people still screaming at Funimation for all sorts of things and Crunchyroll for censorship and stuff like that. Obviously, it has nothing to do with them whatsoever. Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that there, to my broader point is, there are times when it is valid to criticize censorship of a work. But for one, you have to know what it is. It definitely is this mm-hmm. in this case, because you're not mean to tell me it was the uh, like the creator's artistic intent to show like massive pillars <laughs> of black and white. You yeah. know, and, <laughs> massive and, and so, Yeah, good, no. good. Yeah, good, good luck arguing mm-hmm. that. That is, this is very clearly mm-hmm. censorship. Yeah. And then you know, we have to approach it critically, which is why are we censoring it? Um, are we doing it consistently and properly? Uh, you know, and should it have been done so in the first place? Ask yourself those questions. Give it the fair due. Um, 
And so my point is, it's fine to criticize it as I'm doing in this case, as long as you're clear why and you do so constructively and you don't, and you know, you accept that there are perfectly legitimate, if possibly arbitrary reasons, which is ultimately a contradiction itself, but you get my point, which is why certain groups or parties were not able to uncensor it or leave it on touch basically mm-hmm. so yeah just yeah. something i wanted to mention there because i thought you know we hear all the time about stuff being censored <laughs> and most of the time i'm i'm here like you are talking utter shit and this is one time where people said like akudama drive is censored i think that's a bad mm-hmm. thing i would say yes for a very specific reason yeah um so my last little point uh to bring up is like okay I don't I don't even know if this is like a thing for for a lot of people watching the show or even a fully formed complaint. Mm-hmm. But let's let's cast our mind back to uh the doctor and her, you know, the, the post post coital uh moment <laughs> with a uh, fucking hoodlum, you know. They're they're post intercourse and she's drinking wine and looking upon uh the world that she will conquer one day and uh i mean she asks you know how old do you think i am and then she asks do you see me as a woman now now mm-hmm. <laughs> there 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 are uh, th- this is by no means um the the conclusion I'm abro- about to draw from this is by no means like deductively uh, sound and the only conclusion that one can logically come to. There's ways you could interpret this that are not what I'm about to say and that are valid and I hope uh, correct. I have to tell you what my mind went to, Shadon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a feeling where the, I have a feeling where this is going, and the funny thing is. I have a feeling that, you know, if there was a bit more information, like, but not too much more information, I'd probably be saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> please, please, please do say, because I have a very strong idea. Well, because, where this. you know, it's it's like GoGo Atomic Robot said in chat, like, up to that point, I was thinking, uh, you know, I love the doctor for many reasons, but narratively speaking, like, it's cool that, like, you know, you have this uh, very sort of sexualized character who is using her sexuality uh, and her feminine wiles as a weapon. Uh, you know, and like you could say, like it's mm-hmm. you know for the male gaze and everything like that. But she's like using it for her advantage in the story, um, and uh, and that's cool. You know, it's cool that it's not like you know sexualization being forced on some young girl character who's not 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 willing oh don't get uh, oh this this i'm uh, sorry when you said that the thing that pops ahead was when you get those characters in and i fucking hate this like where oh uh the body of a 15 year old but really a thousand years like, fuck you. it's not shit like that burn, it's burn, not like um it's not shit. like uh you know i don't know uh Flip Flappers is sometimes guilty of, of like, uh, the one kind of issue I think you could take with the show is, like, uh, you have a fucking pervy robot following around these two little girls. Uh, and it's like, look, oh, I can God. see up their skirt. Uh, and that kind of bullshit. It's not nothing like that happening here with the doctor. She's being true to herself, right? Um, 
but uh, she is a weirdo and she is a violent weirdo and uh, she is uh, eccentric, uh, off kilter, uh, uh, a murderous, uh, power mad lady. And uh, why is she that way? Well, I'm afraid that it's because the show uh, believes in its heart <laughs> that she is that way because she is one of those trans people uh you know a, a gender fluid weirdo monster or well, fucking whatever um and that's really annoying that even that possibility it's because the show's like kabuki show no sherlock and stuff um and not just that show but this is a thing that you see in many other anime to be fair it's like um the character who uh is an asshole or is particularly eccentric and uh kind of nutty and uh and everything you know turns out that they're you know also uh not cis <laughs> so not not a, a one of us cishets and um you know that there's not like a slam dunk case you can make for this it's just like one offhanded no. comment that, but we, it, it we, still annoys we, me nonetheless yeah, we, that it's now entered the universe of my brain you know thoughts of the show the the, the only the only kind of mild counter argument i can make and this is again based on arguably just as flimsy points as the rest is that i wonder if she wasn't meaning woman in the sense of strictly talking about gender but more age, like right? a stereotype yeah a stereotype or an age thing you know uh, it's a good well, i think it's a good it's a solid counter argument because the question she asked before is how old do you think i am um yeah. but it's confusing because look at her you wouldn't what you would not mistake her for is a little girl uh or or a young maiden <laughs> a young lady you she's a woman uh uh, by all like outward appearances um but that question you know is she uh and so it's it's just weird it was weird and i didn't like it and i'm sad it's in there <laughs> like um i, I, I it, uh, you know not that again it's just like you know i I, I yeah we've t- we've had a lot of discussion and we probably don't have time to go and do like a really kind of thoroughgoing discussion about trans representation in anime um we're probably not even the people who I know, it's you're you're a, very very yeah. right about that but it just um yeah just to sum up i i i'll, I'll say just my, seeing this kind of yeah. character and and you know what is possibly a trans person played yet again as like a like a you know psychotic murderer weirdo uh is um Mm-hmm. It's disappointing that they tie that to the gender stuff, and that the the gender politics of anime are so often that yeah, yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm not really going to comment on it because I'm not the person to do that because of who yes. I am. Yeah, it makes us feel weird. All all I'm all I'm going to say is that. I don't think I have anywhere near enough information to make a full judgment on it. I won't hold it against the yeah. show, but but 
if you know there are people out there who feel differently that it is something that they find offensive then who am i to argue because you know for one i well i'm not the offended uh, arguably offended party in that case if you know what yeah. i mean you know um I, if a, you know if, if, if someone who was trans coaching and said i think this is offensive that even hints that this person could be like that um then i would say yeah totally Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely you're right to interpret that way yeah yeah, yeah, there's certainly enough uh, like there's scant evidence either way but that's still evidence enough for one to make a conclusion one way or the other I would argue if they so wished and so yeah yeah, my point is going to be that I'm going to I'm going to reserve final judgment on that if I even make one for what happens in the final three episodes yeah I mean it's it's not a thing that like for me as a viewer I'm able to compartmentalize it and it is not ultimately going to have much bearing if it's just this incident, just this line, it won't really have any bearing on how I feel about the show as a whole. But as you say, who am I to tell someone whether or not they can be offended at it and everything? I just thought it was worth bringing up uh, because it just struck me as uh, odd and made me think about things that annoyed me a lot. So I wanted to share with the class. Yeah. Uh, but that's all That's all the points no, that's that I fair. have on, on the episodes. Yeah. I, I have one more, but I'm actually going to save that probably for the final podcast, depending on what plays out, just because also we're short on time, so I will leave oh. it there. But yeah, uh, that will yeah. bring us to the... we got to rank one. our top five batshit moments. I was, I was going yes. to get to that. Oh, oh God. I, I have really legitimately have not been tracking these for these podcasts. I'm so sorry. Um, but I will offer some uh, fun yeah. moments that cop into my head. Uh, the fucking Campbell's tin, of, oh my you know, God. tin lit into the Brutal. eye. That was that was horrific. I I will say this, like, you know, I said before about censorship being like, you know, applied inconsistently. There's something about like ocular jelly going everywhere that oh, really makes me feel sick. Just the so, words you use yeah. there are bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what it is though. And and by very of just talking mm-hmm. about it getting that reaction, I can in some way think to myself, yeah, you know what, I probably best didn't see that really, to be quite honest. Um I will also take uh, the wonderful recreation of the Shining, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. here's Johnny moment. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, also because it was a little different, mm-hmm. mind you. Uh, and also because it gave me the amazing headcanon moment of uh, Cutthroat wandering around with a door mm-hmm. around his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. The um, moon! <laughs> the moon! <coughs> the moon? Not being real! <laughs> wild! <laughs> that's a wild shit. Also, s- sneaky, yeah. um, sneaky batshit moment for me. Uh, is did I turn into Onizuka? Says Jiro the hero from Great Teacher Onizuka. Uh, oh, I see what you mean because of the hair. You haven't seen the hair yet, Jiro. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yes. Uh, no. Well, no, because that dude's kind of a scumbag. But yes, my hair did change. Um, it's purely it's purely a visual comparison. Yes. Um, s- sneaky on uh, contender for this list, in my opinion, is in episode seven when Courier straight up executes a man with a shotgun because there are things that even this show i was like they're not gonna do that they're not oh he just shot him in the face oh my god (laughs) yeah he gave he gave he gave the most he gave the most horrific like one-liner at the end of that as well where the guy who he shoots in the back of the head he's like uh god what was that light and then curry says it's the end of the tunnel (laughs) bang and i'm just like oh <laughs> not, not even, not even like, not even 1980s yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. in Commando could have done that. The end of the not tunnel. Even he could have given that line and he digged it. <laughs> the yeah. end of the tunnel. Or maybe, or maybe um, James Bond, like you know. Oh, I guess it's the end of the tunnel for him. <laughs> mm. Blame. You know. 
No, no, just no. That, that's that's bad. Uh, what else? Uh, I love the banter where they kept like where the little sister's like, you know, my sister's not shit. Like that was that's pretty funny. funny. That's that did make funny. me chuckle. Um, but it can't make this list because yeah, this list is a list of crazy, ridiculous, insane moments. Uh, the cake. Yes, <laughs> I I will allow that. Uh, the cake. Um, the moment where the lights under the floor turned on and you know the evangelion like oh it's all the brothers and sisters or just just brothers silent green they're dead yeah yeah and then you get that uh harrowing but um cool shot of him in the fetal position the camera swirling around him and then the Mm -hmm. the bodies are kind of it's very grim and uh very it's very edgy uh but but it yeah it was and it's supposed to be very disturbing um the moon, again, I will say that's got to be number one. Uh, Doctor betraying them, you know? I mean, that was a surprise. Yeah. Just like, hey, yeah. Basu, uh, I've got this kid under my arm, and I'm I'm turning on these guys. Mm. Um, also, uh, the uh, hoodlum uh, getting with the Doctor. Totally nuts. Who saw this and, coming? And, and, and... <laughs> And surviving to the following morning without missing anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, he didn't wake up like with his feet inverted or anything yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> or, or, you know, with like one of his pinky fingers like on his face or something. When the few... This, it could have yes, gone... Yes, exactly. could have gone very, very <laughs> bad place. When the when the rocket ran out of fuel, that was, that was pretty good. Because at that point, you're just kind of going like, mm. you're going to the moon. No, the moon isn't real. But we're in the rocket. We're going to the moon. Oh, this rocket's running out of fuel. We're crashing. It's very, it's just wild. Um, the riots, mm-hmm. like they were, they were cutting people's heads off with I, just in the, like holy I mean, shit. And, yeah, the Akudama also. I mean, like what kind of Akudama was, was it? Just like shit um, there. shoplifter? <laughs> How did they? You know what I mean? The Akudama we see are very powerful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because you just named an Akadama yeah. shoplifter. It's like super, super mm-hmm. S rank Akadama shoplifter. He literally <laughs> does, obtained J- they're, No, they got oh. Jay Walker. They've executed him. I mean, the, who are these like low level Akadama getting the, nabbed by like the, the, uh, the public. just private citizens? Uh, the public is decent. <laughs> Flasher. <laughs> Flasher. <laughs> no. They've killed him. Oh, that needs to be. That that needs to be like one of those online quiz things where you can like. Oh you know, yeah, tell you what you're. Like, ac- <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, your your, <laughs> your identity is. Uh, oh you no, know, flasher. You, you, all I've you got it, Shadon. Even crazier Uh-oh. and more unrealistic than the moon was when the police chief says, "We can't just take aim at civilians." Oh boy, yeah. That's that's pretty out there stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's true. I got I got nothing to add to that. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, time to rate the episodes then. Um, so I am gonna go first in this case then. Um, I think these episodes are really good. I think that what they basically try to do is they want to give good like big set pieces to mm-hmm. a lot of them, um, and that then serves as a reason to stitch the plot together. Uh, but the stitching together works in this case. Like, constructing a show in that way is not inherently a bad thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that they've done a lot of really nice small things, both in terms of how they've animated it, how they've set up all the storyboarding, uh, all the good homages they've done to like the films and such, like Shining, of course, being the key one here. Um, I think that they've also done a lot of good stuff with the world building in these episodes. Uh, Sendship bit, whatever. Uh, I wasn't... Uh, I think that point you made about Doxford also is like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I still overall quite enjoyed these episodes. I'm going to give them, in the end, um, four out of five tins of real God tomatoes. Did I steal yeah. that from you? I did, you didn't re- I? You, you, you ah! very much did. I, I swear... I I swindled it from you. <sighs> you got me. Okay. Well, um... What? Don't say cake. <laughs> Don't say Four cake. Four layers of cake. No, um... <laughs> no! No! So, yeah. Uh, I think I probably, uh... Have... Zero. <laughs> no, no, no. Gero, Gero said in chat, like, this, the show needs a low-level hacker called Pirater, but I've got one that's even better than that. It would, of course, be Gamer. Oh, is that a crime? Oh, wait, no. Yep, I've answered my own question. It is a crime. (laughs) Next. Yeah, yeah. Next. BitTorrent Offender. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to go as well with four um, cute puffy red vests out of five. Um, And... Because of the things you said, like, you know, the show dialed back the action a wee bit and uh, gave us more uh, of the plots. And while that's not what we come to the show for, uh, it was still good because the plots were bonkers. Um, I really liked uh, kind of the ups and downs of uh, of the show. I mean, it's still a pretty wild ride, still really fun, um, you know, despite... You know, I think my overall biggest issue with it is just feeling like um, the, I hate saying these words because TV tropes sometimes is like, infects our discourse mm. too much, but uh, the plot mm. armor of uh, fucking, um, oh God, yeah. what's her face, Swindler, uh, Shrinia, <laughs> she's, yeah, her power is, uh, she's got the ginger ale at all times. Uh, well, then, well, to be to be fair, like you know, she is saving children here. Does that technically mean she's f- filling out Swindler's list? Please uh, p- put yourself in the penalty box. You've offended me so deeply at this <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> God damn it! What was I even talking about, Shadon? Um, uh, you were saying about how, like, you know, we come to the show for a particular reason. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, so like uh, the the plot and everything. No, I was going to say that the 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 biggest kind of uh, knock against the construction of it right now and the the thrill writingness of it, um, uh, it, it, despite still being fun, like the sort of illusion that anyone can be killed at any time, um, is ebbing away because of the the, the plot armor, as I say, of uh, Swindler being more and more visible. Um, but I think I probably should give more credit to the fact that she is the one who ultimately wins in the end over Cutthroat. Like, it's down to her planning and her execution in a very tight moment. Perhaps it's just uh, not like, um, not so much the fact that she gets saved at the last minute, although that does happen quite a few times. It's that maybe... Um, 
the the sort of uh, flow of the scenes all starts to feel the same, where she's backed into a corner, backed into a corner, backed into a corner. The villain thinks that they've won, and it's in their grasp. Oh, no, it's not. But, like, with a character like this, I mean, I don't know if you can... I don't know if there's a lot of other ways you could do it, because her deal is that she's just an ordinary person. Um, does Does this mean that, you know, in at episode 12, um, you know... Swindler is going to say all according to Keikaku, and then we're going to have the incredibly long translator's note explaining what that so. is. Uh, that's I love translator's notes. Not enough translator's notes. Uh, Not enough ones that are basically entire uh-huh. essays yep. with Harvard references. Yeah. Bring and back that. Miami, free Miami Mike. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, four, uh, four out of five. I, I was really good. I, I really liked it, and I think most of the things yeah. that bug me, I can live with or compartmentalize or, or whatever and i think the show just knows what it is it knows its strengths and it leans into them uh pretty well for the most part yeah i would agree all right that brings us to the end of the show just a couple of bits of wrap up here um just to make you all aware uh firstly i want to thank all of our wonderful mm-hmm. patrons uh for supporting us um continuing to contribute to us financially and also just for being the amazing people they are as well and all their other contributions like you know we've joining our discord and just yeah just being awesome thank you all very much um you're all amazing um but of course you know if you're not a patron uh firstly we value and respect your contribution as well we recently got our raps on spotify and it kind of you know made me think holy crap people in 37 <laughs> countries have listened to this podcast which is bananas yeah. i didn't even think i had 37 friends <laughs> nine people in 37 countries so there we go uh but yeah to all of you who've listened to us throughout 2020 and prior to this uh whether you have been a subscriber uh monetarily or just jet or for free um thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us thank you very much for you know being willing to give us a chance and say hey you know what i want to spend my spare time precious though it is with these guys uh, I really, really appreciate it. If you do want to become a patron of ours, uh, first off, I'm not going to press you into it because it's times are tough and all that. Uh, but if you do want to send a couple of quid our way, uh, you can go on to patreon.com forward slash Rory Show. Free tiers, free levels of access, but $2 is your minimum asking price. That'll get you to our Discord where you, know, you can join us for chats of all sorts. We do group watches, game nights, and then up to $5 gives you access to all of our podcasts and the ability to ask us questions as we go along uh, through a chosen series. And of course, with that in mind, we will soon be coming to choosing another series in the new year for all three of our podcast shows, because we're coming to the end now. So that's going to be interesting, because there are a lot of sequels coming out to stuff that we've actually already covered, one of which was Promised Neverland. So that will be up for consideration, I strongly suspect. Yeah, because uh, we've, you know, for the public side, uh, the the free stream, we try to stay away from sequels uh, because we want it to be as accessible a show as possible. But for patron stuff, I, I think they're probably fair game. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Oh, so excited. So excited for more Neverland. Uh, holy shit. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll be... That'll be really good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, of course, we have other things lined up in the interim. Uh, if you are a $3 uh, patron or higher, you will have our final Suritama episode coming up next week, for which we have a special guest joining yeah. us. Uh, I've had confirmation today that she will be coming along. I'm very pleased to announce that uh, returning, we have a Wari Desho alumni. Uh, we have Emily Rand joining us. Uh, she's going to be talking all things Suritama with us. You may have seen her with us previously talking about Sarah's and my. Uh, and also, unfortunately for her and for the rest of us, Franks, you know. But, <laughs> also, well. you should probably refer to her as eSports Journalist of the Year. Am 
family rant. Yeah, that's. I was gonna, I was going to save that for the cold yeah. opening of the of the story time one, uh, but I'll just have to say she's just some random. It's fine, you know. I'm sure she'll. She's just it. a person. Uh, with yeah, a we have that. <laughs> that's all. She, she's right. She she writes stuff. I don't fucking know. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we'll be having that coming up. Uh, our final part of the year, uh, because of the way schedules uh, shaken out, will be Rako Shinju uh, the week after Friday the 18th of December. So I'll be something to look forward to. Um, I will be doing more streaming of Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I made that mistake before <laughs> when I said to you I was streaming Final Fantasy VIII off, off camera. No, Final Fantasy X, VIII is done. We've, we've got rid of it. You know, it's like, you know, we've, we've left it behind. Uh, so I'll be doing more of that this weekend and pretty much every weekend from there on out. Um, I will also be next week starting, or sorry, it might even be the week after, depending on what date it falls on. Uh, it will be... Four, five, six. No, Sunday, it'll be right? next yeah. Sunday. I'll be starting an... Yep, I was saying another stream, and it'll be of a game that you and I are very fond of. Little mini stream every single day is going to be Valhalla, Yay. the bartender simulator. So I'm going to do that every God. single day, one in-game game per day. I love that game so fucking much. I do, I do too. I it's can't. Great. I'm. I, I'm so, so. Like I cannot wait for Nirvana. It. It. God. Every time I see like trailers and screenshot like i go so often to the steam page uh, every so often rather and look at it and just like god i really fucking want it and uh yeah that's such a yeah. oh we it's it's kind of a like core part of the podcast lore and history is uh the wd lore and uh this game um we definitely did and now that the soundcloud is down um it's not accessible, but this is one of those things that I'm trying to figure out how to best reintegrate because some of the old episodes, Anchor doesn't like them. So I've got to do some work, I think, to make them a little bit more digestible to our platform. Uh, and if nothing else, if nothing else, then I will find a way to get them onto Patreon somehow. But like, uh, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Valhalla rules. Watch the stream. Yep, so that'll be happening. And there'll be other stuff to look forward to as well. So plenty to be a part of if you've been following the podcast. Plenty more to come. Uh, and indeed, we are closing out 2020 on... It's, well, 2020's been dog shit, let's be fair. Uh, because, it's, you know, that's the way it is. But this being probably our last pre, uh, free stream for Academic Drive because we'll have to resume the final episodes in the new year. Just, again, owing to our schedule. I'll just get this out there now for people who are seeing this on the free to the air. Um, free to the air, I don't know what I'm saying there. But anyway, you know what I mean. Uh, thank you again so much for your time thank you so much for your investment in us thank you very much for your subscription um i hope that you're staying safe i hope you're looking after yourself and your loved ones um things will get better that's my belief uh there's certainly things i've got to look forward to in 2021 that i didn't have at the start of this year surprising as though as that may be <laughs> uh so you know um i think it's quite possible that things can get better um We'll get there in the end, and you know we'll do our part to try and give you some sort of content that will hopefully you'll find enjoyable, yeah. uh, and you know make things a little easier for everyone. That's the whole whole totally. idea of it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, if I don't get to see or speak to you all again, who are listening on the free, uh, have a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Stay safe. Look after yourself. Look after your loved ones. And you know, kind of tiny oh, little thing that we say every now and again. No, podcast, don't say it. Oh, don't say it yet. Don't, don't say, say it, it yet. Because no? <laughs> just because I wanted to say. That uh, for patrons, 
Uh, I have I worked on my outline last night of the eSell setup podcast that I'm going to do. That's going to drop. Um, oh, yes. If people want to follow you on Twitter, you're at Shadon1010. I'm at The Subtle Doctor. If folks don't want to support us uh, financially, like, please follow us in all the relevant places, Spotify, YouTube. I found out that, like, a surprising number of people listen to the pod without subscribing on their podcatcher. Please subscribe so you can get all of our episodes when they drop and you don't have to, like, remember. You know, you have your your little phone remember for you. And, uh, yeah, um, drop us a line. Tweet at Watery Death Show. All that good stuff. Um, and I echo everything this man said. We love all of you, patron or no, all of our audience. We appreciate you. We thank you. Um, and yeah, if you don't tune into any of the rest of the content or if we don't get anything else out there before the new year, you know, happy mega Christmas. Um, enjoy the time, uh, stay safe. And now I kick it back to you, uh, because I, I rudely interrupted you in your, in your closing segment. No, no, you, 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 you rightly, you rightly point out things I had forgotten to mention. So on that note, um, take care everyone. And you know, that thing we say goes something a little bit like this. Embrace everyone. It's the end of the universe. Good night.